Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Medicine. Medicine. son of a bitch. You are fag, you are punk, little gay. <laughs> All right, welcome to the February 28th edition of Rubber Guard Radio. I am your host, KZ, and on the line is my co-host, Alex Saint. Uh, this, the first hour of Rubber Guard Radio is brought to you by our sponsor, FogCityWrestling.com. Uh, if you're anywhere in Northern California, Central California, wherever California, Oregon, Reno, uh, March 8th, Fog City will be presenting their second show. Uh, the first show was just blow away good stuff, and uh, you can get more information at FogCityWrestling.com. Also, I'm, I'm proud to announce that RubberGuardRadio.com is alive and well. We have blogs posted by Matt Farmer, um, the Do Fixer, who covers e, uh, East Coast Independence for us. Um, he'll be live in attendance at King of Trios this weekend. That um, should be fun times. Uh, what's going on, Al? Oh, not so much, not so much. Cool, cool. We're waiting for our first guest, um, Acid, from the Chicagoland area and Elite Pro. Well, hell, I'll plug it now. EliteProWrestling.com. You can watch their show, Elite TV. It's posted every Friday at 10 p.m. Central or Eastern. I'm not too good with that. It's also live on cable channel 19 in the Chicagoland area at 10 p.m. Chicago time on Friday nights. Uh, Pretty good stuff. Uh, It's Really good product. Um, I can't put them over enough. Uh, plus, they're good guys. Uh, Vito, Sal, um, Acid. Uh, they're all a bunch of good dudes. So, they're representing uh, the King of Trios this weekend. That's right. That's right. They're bringing in non-Thomasellis for the King of Trios. Which talks, I think, everybody. Yeah. Wow. Looks like uh, Mysterio had his surgery yesterday. Yeah, I heard uh, he had worsened it by continuing to work. Unbelievable! I, I can't believe that guy. You know, it 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 really didn't serve any purpose. Uh, uh no, it didn't. It really didn't. You know, it just um, really lame, actually. Well, uh, I don't know how I don't know how much longer he has. Apparently, he's a he's a big draw in this. I, I mean, it's not apparently. I can tell you, I'm in San Diego, and he's the only wrestler in San Diego that really matters. Um. Uh-huh. 
my friend Jeff, you know, he goes to a lot of shows and he sells merchandise. And uh, Rey Mysterio masks, Rey Mysterio figures, they co- they go off the shelves. And if you go to a Walmart, you can't even find Rey Mysterio figures because they all get bought up immediately. So, I mean, Rey Mysterio definitely in San Diego. And then I imagine San Diego is his hometown, but I imagine other Hispanic markets. He's a huge, huge draw. And if he's in town, like the San Diego shows they just had, he had to make an appearance. And um, even the Raw House show that we had, he ended up working a match on it because it was in San Diego. So, I mean, he, he's a big, big name. And unfortunately, WWE doesn't really – they haven't ever really treated a Hispanic in the modern era as well as they have Rey Mysterio. So you really need Rey Mysterio to run those markets, you know, especially if they're in talks with doing WrestleMania in Mexico City. I mean, there's nobody else you can put on that card that's going to draw that big of a crowd other than Rey Mysterio. Santo and Rey in the main, in one of the main events. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think casual – I mean, it would be awesome for the live Mexican crowd to see it, but, I mean, the, w, the WWE crowd on TV, uh, on pay-per-view, I don't think they'd care about it. And I don't think they'd want to see it, and I don't honestly think they'd like seeing it with Santo, his, uh, his ability to work in 2010 or whatever it'll be. Mm-hmm. Now, if you put, uh, depending on who Vince goes into business with, you know, if he goes into business CMLL or AAA, if he's able to get one of their hot matches on, because I imagine Paco Alonso would love that kind of, uh, or uh, who's ever running AAA right now, I forgot, Conan and whoever. But I imagine they would love that kind of exposure to have WrestleMania there in front of the 100,000 feet boring. And then also the how many other millions on American pay-per-view because I know at least AAA has been talking for a while. Conan's been saying it for years. I think Payne has said it for years that, you know, he wants to start running in uh, uh, America. I know AAA was doing it in the 90s, but they they haven't really done it much since. So I know that, you know, that could really break them out to mainstream exposure, especially if they put one of their hot angles on there. The American fans were able to see that product and how hot the fans were for it. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe it means something. Mm. Now, uh, this news just in from Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. Their next show is on March 7th in uh, Reseda, California. I'm pretty sure that you're going to want to go out to this one. Human Tornado defending the title against Jack Evans in the main. Joey Ryan and Scott Lost defending the tag titles against Mark and Jay Briscoe. Roderick Strong against Claudio. Eddie Kingston, Necro Butcher. Phoenix Star and Zokre against the Young Bucks. Yeah, I saw that lineup. It looks pretty interesting. Uh, Phoenix, uh, Los Luchas, and I believe Nemesis were in a six-way at the second or third night of Ebola against the uh, Young Bucks. And I want to say T.J. Perkins. I don't have a match list in front of me. But uh, it, it was a decent match, so I know they'll tear it up as, as a singles, and I believe this is all leading to their DDT4 tag team tournament. And then um, I want to say T.J. Perkins and Hook Bomberry on the card, too. Mm-hmm. They're wrestling, I think, um, Ronan and Scorpio Sky, correct? Yes. You okay, know, I, yeah. I, I love Little Hook. I love that guy. He is he is so good. Hook is just so fun to watch. And if you are in the L.A. area, um, you can see Hook Bomberry on Saturday and Sunday uh, for <clears throat> Empire Wrestling Federation, M- EWF Wrestling, or EmpireWrestlingFederation.com. Uh, that's Jesse Hernandez's group. Um, you can go out and, and uh, see them. Um, wh- what do they have booked for this Sunday, Alex? Do you remember offhand? Um, I, I don't have matches in front of me, but um, I know I'm this Sunday uh, Mikey Henderson's working the show, which I'm really excited about. The main event is Dan the Man Colbrick against um, uh, Marty Janetti. How in the hell can I forget Marty Janetti? Yeah, it's uh, Dan, Dan the Man Colbrick. Colbrick against Marty Janetti. 
Yeah. It's uh, Anchors Away against Coconut Joe and Country Bear. Um, it'll be a fun, fun show. But back to what I was saying about draw, like about draws. Uh, Lufisto is coming back to California. I believe she's working a an AWS show, or she's working a couple shows. She's doing a couple shots down here. And I got to mm-hmm. go see her live again. She's so hot. Yeah, she is, and she's a nut. Yeah, she is. You know, I I kind of I kind of put her as the female necro butcher. What do you think about that comparison? Uh, female necro. I mean, I I could see it. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can definitely see it. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I've not seen Lufisto in very many straight matches, though. I mean, mm. well, she's good. I've, I've seen her against Steen. I've seen her against Generico, and they oh, really good. I would, you know, what I would love to see her in Sweeney. That that would be, you know, you know, with a non-sexual type undertone. But oh I yeah, I saw her fun. versus Joey Ryan, and it was highly sexually overtoned. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, let's not. You know what? I'm not going to put ROH over for what they pulled the crap they pulled last weekend. Uh, so have you I, seen any of the results for the NWA Showcase shows? I've seen any of them. What do you think about them? I haven't seen them. Um, have you been reading the results? I, I haven't been. I've been actually slacking off a whole lot. Um, okay. I've been, you know, I've been uh, getting stuff together for this convention we're working on Saturday. If those of you in the Northern California area, um, I think doors open at ten or nine and it's in newark california right outside of hayward um at the newark pavilion which is the most beautiful beautiful building in northern california alex you're going to fall in love when you see it it's just beautiful (laughs) for independence you know it's just an awesome awesome place and they're doing it i think it's nine to five they're doing a fan fest and they're having a show that night seven o'clock so um if you're in the area come on out come out and meet the rubber guard radio crew alex myself will be there um jeff the owner of SoCal Pro Wrestling and uh, Ryan Stone from Anchors Away. Uh, Ryan Stone? Yeah, from Anchors Away, he'll be there. Ryan Stone will be there. Um, there's, I mean, they have RVD. They have uh, the one woman well, I'd leave my wife man. for. The one woman I'd leave my wife for, Tracy Brooks. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's leave a, your wife a for stacked too. lineup. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. So if you're in the area, you know, come on out and say, hey. And on the line now, we have Chicago-based independent worker, and he also works for EliteProWrestling.com, Acid. What's going on, Mike? How you doing, buddy? What's going on? Uh, not too much, man. Just trying to fight this cold weather. Uh, yeah, I hear you. How's family life, brother? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Uh, yeah, amazing you. and tiring all at the same time. Oh, dude, it, it's bad. Well, I, I can't say bad. It's it's an experience that you need to you you need to uh, to deal with. But you know what? It's not bad. It's 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 just very life altering, and it's life altering for the good. I, I I love being a dad. It's the coolest thing that I can. I, it's just you can't even explain it. It's 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 very cool. I've always wanted kids, and then finally, you know, you have one, and then just raising them, and now she's starting to smile and stuff. And all that, that's, that's the biggest payoff, man. So, does she look very, like very mom? cool. Does, does she look like her mom? No, she looks identical to her father. Oh, so, she has, she has the curse. I can tell you, roughly, you're referring to the birth of your child as like a, a nine month angle and then the pregnancy yeah. the payoff. And <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, how much money did you make off of it? <laughs> Dude, you know, 
it's 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 all carny talk food. No matter what happens, it's it's all carny. You know, so it's it, uh, you know what like um, I just left um, I just left our school about maybe I don't know about 25 minutes ago, and Vito's up there, and like you know our students are all still learning. You know, you know learning all of us. You know, learning everything and. Me and him talk to each other, and everything, you know, is, is either like a gimmick, you know, everything's a gimmick or a work or a shoot or, you know, we're just going back and forth with each other. And, like, these kids are looking at us like, man, these guys are retarded. What are they talking about? Like, because we just talk so fast, you know, we just talk in all lingo. You know, we don't even realize we do it because we do it so much. And these kids are just looking at us like we're speaking, like, Spanish or something like that. It's hilarious, man. Uh, you know, you know, it's chippy. Um, my son is a little under the weather, and I gave him some, some medicine before dinner. And I'm all, here, son, take your gimmicks. And he's like, <laughs> gimmicks? Oh, jeez. You know. <laughs> Well, it's funny, know, I, man. It's 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 fun. You know what? Like, and you don't even know you're doing it. Like, I I mean, I don't even know I'm doing it. Like, I'll be sitting at a, you know, I'll be eating dinner with my family or something like that, and I just start going on it, and and they're like, "What the hell is he saying?" They don't even know what I'm talking about. You know, it's like <laughs> you, you just you do it so much, you know, and you just don't even realize it. It's funny, but I guess you you gotta be you gotta be a worker to understand it. So, but you know, I'm not talking to my priest or anything like that. So. <laughs> well, let's uh, run down the March eighth Elite Pro Show. It looks pretty good. You got a, uh, you got Corp on top. Yeah. Um, let's run down the card. Oh man, you put me on the spot. Of course I did. <laughs> who do we have on the show? You know what? No, I do know who we have on the show. Hold on a minute. I got I got a flyer right in front of me. Actually, there we you got go. Corp on the show. We got Dysfunction on the show. Um, don't ask me what the matches are because I have no idea. They didn't give me the rundown yet. Um, but we got we got the young guy Jason Hades in there. I'm wrestling. Uh, my partner Sin. Um, we got these Canadian guys coming down. Um, Ash uh, Elgin, um, and then there's another guy and I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head because I don't have the sheet in front of me. I thought we were going to talk about UFC stuff. <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, you do, you do. But, uh, but hold on, uh, what else we got on the card? Um, we got, uh, what's that? Who's Corp going to kill? Uh, who is he wrestling? I think he's wrestling, I think he's wrestling Dysfunction. Oh, that's going to be fun. Is that who he's wrestling? Who that's is he wrestling? Be fun. Well, I'm looking at my flyer, and it's got Corp, and it's got Dysfunction right on the front of the flyer. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming that's that they might be wrestling. No matter no matter what they do, no matter what style they want to go, it's going to be fun. Dude, you know what, man? I am like the hugest, hugest mark for Corporal Robinson. I, you know what? Like, I never saw what people saw in him. Like, it's because you know what? Like, he's not that. Like, he's not like you know a technically sound wrestler. And I'm usually I'm usually a pretty big mark for like the, like I always like the Dean Malenkos and the Benoits and stuff like that. I like technically sound guys. Like, so I never really. Because I, I really never watched any of his matches. I'm like, oh, he's a hardcore guy. I'm really not into hardcore and stuff. And then, like, I start watching him. We we don't do hardcores in our show, you know. We ours is a you know basically a wrestling company, you know, and it's it's you know more for kids and stuff like that. We don't do the swearing and keep the blood out of it and stuff. And he comes into our shows, man, and he just adds that he just adds that missing piece that we're missing. Like he is the he's like an oddity, you know for. You know, the Juggalos follow him because he's their world champion. So, like, I mean, he's just, he's a completely different worker than the workers that we usually have on our card. And it's, I'm just, I'm a huge mark for him now, man. I just, 
he because he can work, and I never realized that he can work. You know, I just thought he just does hardcore stuff, but he can wrestle, <laughs> and it's it's really it's really amazed me. And he's he's really a nice guy, man. Like it, believe it or not, he's really a nice guy. So, but I, I mean, I dig it, man. I'm I'm really looking really looking forward to this show. How do we so have no idea who you're wrestling? Uh, we're at, we're wrestling the um we're wrestling the Canadian guys that Ash and oh God what's the other guy's name is it's killing me because I can't remember his name right now. Um, uh, you know what I'm really looking forward to it because uh we we started bringing these guys in they hooked up with Vito Vito and Sal and those guys and I really didn't know too much about them but I I seen Elgin wrestle on one of the IWA shows and I'm like man this is a pretty big dude I, I don't know if you if you're familiar with him do you know who he is. No, His name's no, no. Michael Elgin. Dude, he's really a good. He's re, he's like a real sound worker. He's like a, a like almost like he looks like kind of like Prince Albert, but like probably about two feet shorter. But he's like a, a built like that guy. But he's like a real like a Dean Malenko style type worker. Like all his stuff's real solid. And uh, yeah, we're wrestling this guy named Ash. He's another Canadian guy. And then the other guy, I can't remember his name. And it's killing me right now because I can't remember his name because I don't have a sheet in front of me. Um, okay. But I'm really looking forward to these wrestling these guys because these guys have really, really put on some phenomenal matches. So I'm looking really forward to it. I think they're going to match up good for me and my partner. All right, so, hey, before we start talking about the UFC show, um, we'll do it again at, at the end of the hour, but uh, go ahead and plug uh, the show and then plug your TV show. Yeah, man, we we got this TV thing going now. It's super cool, man. Uh, one of my buddies does all the uh, TV editing. Um, we are hooked up for Comcast Cable on Channel 19. Uh, it hits like like I don't know, like eighty eighty some zip codes. Uh, if you go to our if you go to our website, you go to EliteProWrestling.com. Um, if you're in the if you're in the areas, um, go to the TV listings. It'll give all the TV the towns that it hits. It's on Channel 19 at 10 o'clock on Fridays. Um, if you don't have it, if you go to our website, EliteProWrestling.com, we put every episode of the TV show on, on our website. So, you can, so if you don't get it you know, every Friday night, you can go to our website and you can watch it on the Internet. Um, and then come check us out on uh, March 8th. At, doors open at 6.30. Uh, bell time's at 7. It's in Oak Forest. It's going to be a, a hell of a show. Now, I have right. a question. Um, how do I go about getting a JWO shirt from Corp? Man, you know what? Like, uh, I don't even know how you would go do that. <laughs> I have no idea. MySpace or something. Because you know what? That, that, you know what? If you probably go to his MySpace and you hit him up on it, I'm sure, I'm sure he can hook you up with something. Okay, because I'm not a juggalo. I'm not a fan of the clowns. I, I like when they when they get into, you know, when they're running shows and whatnot, I dig that. I just, I'm not a juggalo, but I must have a JWO shirt. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, they're doing all that cool stuff now, man. I mean, like, Corpse Music's awesome. It has, like, um, I, I don't know if you've, have you heard his new music that, that he comes out to? The, yeah, the JWO theme, yes. Yeah, dude, that is so hot with the old MWO music and stuff like that. It is so badass, man. Every time, like, it plays, I'm like, I mark out for it. It's so cool. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's jump into this UFC this Saturday night. We're going to do a, a rundown of the show. The biggest, who's on it? I don't even know who's on this one. Well, the oh, biggest thing I'm seeing. No, I'm just I'm just I'm hard. just messing with you. <laughs> I know who's on it. 
Well, the the biggest thing I'm seeing on the card so far is the Jake O'Brien Andre Lasky match. They shortened Jake O'Brien's nickname. He used to be the Irish Hand Grenade, and now it's just Irish Jake O'Brien. I think that's weak. I heard it wasn't going to be televised. Uh, probably not. <laughs> I think they're trying to get rid of Orlovsky. And if O'Brien beats him, he beat a former champ. And if Orlovsky right. beats him, then bye-bye, you know? <laughs> yeah, I heard I heard it was supposed to be not even televised. Yeah. That's, well, that's just what I heard, which is which is a shame, man, because all that Orlovsky did for, for UFC, you know, I mean, he, he I mean, he was a big name for him, and it's just a shame that they do something like that. I mean, because he only had one fight left, and they're probably just trying to get him out of this contract and call it a day. Well, I wonder what happened to him because uh, what's that? A, I wonder what happened to him because he he lost a, he lost a very disappointing fight to Tim Sylvia. I'm talking about the second one, and then he had but, that war fest against uh, Fabrizio Verdun. I mean, that was his last loss. You know, the the the, the next two he had he won. So I mean, I don't know why they're they're shit on him so bad. I don't know if it was you know money was an issue or what, but. They, I mean, they just kind of just shit canned him. I mean, that was it. I mean, you think you think you reward the guy after coming back, and he won two fights, and I don't know. Well, he's. It's rumored that he's going to sign with the Elite. So. Oh, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. So will uh, I'd get paid better too. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, I honestly, I can't stand Orlovsky, but that that's just me. Um, Dude, I, you know what I like? He, he, you know, he he's off and on, man. He's like he's like a light switch. Like he has good fights and he has bad fights. You know, I mean, like when he's on, I don't, I, no one can touch him. You know, but you know when he's off, he's off, man. So what can you do? Well, Just move on. It's sad because he's a Chicago guy. You always want to support your Chicago guys. So <laughs> talking about shit cannon, Diego Sanchez's fight won't be televised. What's that? Diego Sanchez is fight wanting to be televised. You want to talk about shit cannon? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big Diego Sanchez, Mark, man. Oh, really? Me neither. Nah, not too much. Too pretty. Yeah. <laughs> he just really doesn't do it. I don't think he's that good, man. <laughs> not a big he's Diego Sanchez. I thought he was a really good heel. Yeah. <laughs> Koscheck is you, on there, too, isn't he? Yeah, he is. It is yeah. He's not being televised, either. You know who they need to sign that's, like, the best, like, heel that, that, that UFC needs to seal or sign is, uh, oh, crap, why can't I remember his name? My mind's going nuts here on me. Is, uh, oh, God, what is his name? I don't know how to think about it. He, but he, he plays the, you know, he, he fought in pride, and uh, he, he kind of comes off as, like, the uh, Buff Bagwell gimmick. Oh, what is his name? Oh, and it's, it's going to drive me nuts. Ah, you guys go ahead because I'm gonna have to think of this name because it's it's gonna kill me. <laughs> Damn it! I gotta write his name down. Well, uh, that uh, Forrest Griffin is like the only guy in uh, the first Ultimate Fighter that kind of push him because all those I think of all the seasons that I've seen. I mean, well, I'd have to go back and watch it now, but I remember seeing the first season. Those guys showed so much personality, and then now that Forrest is the only guy left. Right, right. For, Forrest, he's a tough guy, man. Yeah, he is. Uh, it's killing me. I can't remember this guy's name. Oh, no. Oh, it's driving me nuts. <laughs> what division? What does he fight? I want to say he's 205. Oh. Man, and he, I mean, he, he, he's like, uh, he's like, he, he almost has a Buff Bagwell type gimmick. Uh, he, he's just a real cocky fighter. Um, he fought on the, he Barone? fought on the, what's that? Baroni? 
Maroney. That's who they need to sign to UFC. He would bring so much character to that company, man. No, nope, he's tied up with Elite. Yeah, I know, man. That's that's my guy. I love Baroni, dude. I love his attitude, and I love his cockiness, and just, oh, that, that's a dude I love, man. Did you see his fight against Matt Lindland at uh, UFC 41? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a brawl. That was a good fight. That was a real good fight. Real, real good fight. So um, All right. let's start let's, from the top uh, of the card and go down. Uh, Daisy, I'll get your thoughts first on the Alex Saint show. Um, Anderson Silva against Dan Henderson. Um, I'm I'm shooting for Dan Henderson, man. Um, I know Anderson Silva's really good, man, but I just I've I've always liked Dan Henderson, man. He just seems like a real classy guy. He's I think he's an incredible wrestler. Um, I think he, I I think he's gonna do good against them. I think I think. I think we might see it. I think I think he might pull it off. No, no. What do you think, Casey? Anderson Silva with a triangle choke in the second. Uh, I, I don't. I don't see him beating him with a submission. Really? I yeah. Don't I don't. I don't, see, I don't. Dude, I think. I think Dan Henderson's too good on the ground. If anything, he'll get him in the striking thing. I think he'll put him in a clincher, like you know, something like that. I can't see him. I, I don't know. I can't see him tapping him out. Okay, I'm going to switch it up on both of you. Who does UFC want to win? Silva. I, I, would, I would think Dan Henderson. He's more of a golden boy, man. Well, I've I heard think... rumors of uh, Vanderlei wanting to drop down to 185, which if he did, then obviously Dana would want to put that fight together because uh, Vanderlei has mentioned that he wants to get a, a receipt out of Dan Henderson. Mm. I think it'd be good. I think, I, I, man, I don't know. All right, it's it's a hard call, man. Because I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> that that that's one of the hardest. That's one of the hardest fights I've. I don't know. That's like one of the hardest fights I I think I could call. I I don't know, man. It's it's going to be a good one though. All right. Unfortunately, there's not more buzz around this fight because it's definitely a, a toss up. I mean, it's not even from a promotion stand. You know, a lot of times you'll see a promoter fight and they'll make you seem like it's a toss-up, but this fight is really a toss-up. Right, right. Okay. Usually you can go and make a call on fights like this one. I can't make a call. It's, it's, it's so close, man. But you know what, man? The one thing about Anderson Silva er, is that he, you know, he's, lost, he's lost a lot of fights like, you know, in, in pride to, 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 no, to a lot of nobodies. You know, and honestly, I mean, Anderson Silva, he hasn't really fought anybody in UFC. If you think about it, he's fought Franklin twice, and then he fought, what's his name, who won the Ultimate Fighter? Uh, so, I mean, no, and then Lieben. And Lieben, but who's Lieben? He was another Ultimate Fighter guy, you know? Nate Marquardt. What's yeah, that? Marquardt. He beat Nate he Marquardt. Beat Marquardt. I didn't see he, that fight. Yeah, he beat Marquardt in, in uh, Sacramento. That was at the, the steroid pay-per-view where both guys in the main popped for steroids. Uh, Hermes Frost and Sean Shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I never, I didn't, I didn't see that one. Now, yeah, as far as the, this, the, it was called the, the middleweight. <laughs> the middleweight picture, I see Anderson taking out Henderson, and Vanderlei would get the next shot at Anderson, and then the winner would get Hendo in a in a rematch. Would Vanderlei okay. fight Anderson though, because they came from the same camp? He wants to. Oh, really? Yes. And uh, Vanderlei, Vanderlei is is starting to train with uh, Couture. Couture, yeah. Oh, is he really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What? The ne- next oh. fight. Who's hearing is Sick Chongo. Hearing. Oh, I'm, I'm hearing all the way, dude. I, I love he's hearing, dude. I love him. Dude, I think... Dude, I, I think, man, I, I man, I, I think he's going to take it out. You see, I, did you watch that, that uh, his new train, he's got all new trainers and stuff now? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, dude, I, I'm not a big Chuck Congo fan. I, I think that the, the Sacramento show should not have been called Stacked. This should have been called Stacked. I mean, yeah. looking at this lineup, and all of these fights could headline at least a fight night. Right. Not, not to mention a, a pay-per-view. Right. But uh, I, I think Herring's going to knock the living hell out of Congo, or actually maybe even tap him out. Because Congo has nothing on the ground. No. Yeah, he has no, no ground game. None. Now, it's either that or, or it's going to be Herring humping him for three rounds for the decision. Right. Yeah. Right, I, because Herring's got the chin from hell, man. He you know does, man. And, and that, and I heard his like, I heard his cardio is like second to none right now. I heard he's, I heard he's in really, really good shape. I heard he learned his lesson after fighting Nogueira. So. Well, I don't think he'll make the Nogueira mistake again. Yeah. <laughs> he'll attack. Yeah, I think he'll stay on him and attack. Yeah. Well, I think he has nothing to worry about with Congo. I don't think Congo's got a ground game where he's going to submit him. I still mm-hmm. think, I still don't think it was a mistake for uh, Herring not to come in. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll because see what happens, man. Okay, and then next fight we got Lefty Sakar against Chris Laban. Sleeper. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are going to be right. I don't know, man. It's so hard to call these right now. That's what I'm saying. That that's exactly my point. I mean What right. the hell is what is Sakara's nickname? Legionaris. What, 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 why does everyone have to have a nickname? Yeah. <laughs> well, Congo doesn't have one. Huh? Congo doesn't have one. Neither does oh. uh, Tanner. Oh, yeah. don't come up with a nickname for him. It'll be Tanho or something. These nicknames are ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> they never they never get over the nickname. Man, Levin. There's no way Sakara can put him down. Yeah, I think, I think Levin, too. Yeah, I think it's Sakara. Did Sakara just beat uh, Houston Alexander? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think did, but... yeah that's true. He did. <laughs> he did beat him. He, he beat him. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he... Levin has rededicated himself to the business, you know, to the sport. So, he, you know, if he's got his head on right, that's the, that's the thing with Levin, if he's got his head on right. Right. You know, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he could take a lot of hits, man. I mean, he could take a lot of hits. Uh, you should Okami, Evan Tanner. You shouldn't have to take this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. T- Tanner, man, I thought he retired. <laughs> well, I know he left and they brought him back, which I don't yeah. know. Yeah. We'll see yeah. what happens. That, that, you know what? That's a coin flip for me. That's one I'm not, I'm not betting on. So. And, and, and why would they televise that? You know what I mean? Like I... the the thing is with Tanner, he's coming back from uh, bad alcohol, alcoholism, so it's right. a story. So I, think, I think they want to get you know, Okami over too. So, so they're gonna so they're gonna put him over because of his because of his uh, alcohol because he's an alcoholic. Coming back, getting clean. <laughs> I mean, it is a good story. I think they're trying to get a one eighty five or over, and if you have Okami or Tanner win it, I don't think they really care because after Rich Franklin got destroyed by Anderson Silva. Dana hasn't really had that 185er that he can put on TV because well, that, I remember that's the thing when they did too. media rounds, they would take you know Rich uh, Rich Franklin and uh, 
Randy Couture and different people around on the media rounds, and you can't really do that with Anderson Silva. Right. I mean, and, and honestly, I mean, they're, that's that's one weight class where they're really going to be hurting for talent. They're, I, I think that's I think that's one weight class that they really overlook. Like they don't have like a depth in you know a lot of talent, or they need to you know produce some more talent or go somewhere else and get some more talent for for that I weight class. Matt Lilland. What's that? Sign Matt Lindland. That's the, yeah. that's the answer. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, I mean, like you said, now you know Vandalay's going to drop down to it. I mean, you know, he's a contender, but I mean, they really, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of depth to. I mean, like two hundred five stacked, heavyweight's pretty much stacked. Um, fifty five is ridiculously stacked. Yeah, fifty five, dude. They, they, everybody's in there. They might have. I mean, they'll probably have to do like a forty five weight class. I mean, I know they got it in that WEC. But uh, I don't think they will. I no. don't think they will. I don't think many of their 55 pounders can move down. But we're gonna we're gonna move on to the next fight. Um, well, I, I want to bring this up real quick. Uh, oh, Mike Hoffman he posts his uh, his rankings up on the F4W board, and uh, his top 185ers are Sylvan Henderson. He has Paulio Filio as number three, who's fighting currently in WEC. Four is Lindland, five is Lawler, six Okami, seven Franklin, eight Marquardt, nine Trigg, and number ten is Kazu Mayaski. All those guys are either with the UFC or they're with Elite XC. So, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the top ten fighters out of the world, you know, they have eight of them in the, the 185 class, but I think the disparity between Anderson Silva and everyone else is so big that it kind of makes the class not look as good as what it is. True, true. All right, so the next fight we have um, Chris Wilson against John Fitch. I... Trying to, trying to, who's, who's, trying, who's John Fitch? John Fitch is a guy. He's a uh, twenty-two and one, and I believe his last win, or it might not be his last win, but the win I remember was him beating Diego Sanchez in New York. Oh, okay, okay. I know um, who you're talking about. Let's take a, a a little bit of a break. Ed, you're on hold. Uh, please call back after eight o'clock Pacific. Sorry to hang up on you there, buddy. I'm sorry about that, guys. Um, I can't seem to get through to one of our callers, but um, oh. as you were, Alex, I'm sorry. Okay, are we taking a break or what's going on? No, no, I just told I told Ed to call back in the second hour. Okay, uh, Chris Wilson, John Fitch. Yeah, John Fitch was the guy who beat uh, Diego Sanchez. And uh, Chris Wilson I'm not familiar with, but he's the professor. Is his nah. No, no, no. Squash match for Fitch. Uh, yeah. American Kickboxing Academy, San Jose, will be repping in the house again. Those AKA boys are awesome. Um, I've been to a couple of their training sessions, man. Those guys go. I've only seen one other training session more physical than there, and that was up at Caesar Gracie's with uh, the Diaz brothers and Melendez and those guys. But uh, Fitch is just going to kill him. I mean, it's going to be first round. Uh, take yeah. your pick. Submission, knockout, take your pick. He's going to kill him. <laughs> Well, I have to pick Fitch because I don't know the other guy. <laughs> yeah, I, well, it's it, it's it's a pretty much a, they're they're feeding you know feeding a sacrificial lamb to Fitch. Yeah, but how many times did it happen before when we got proved wrong? You know, I mean, Houston Alexander uh, keeps Jordan immediately comes to mind. Okay, all right, Alex. Yeah, it's good in theory. Okay, but uh, or Gonzaga and, <laughs> and well, yeah, but Girl Cop. Okay, well, this this guy is nowhere close to being in the class of John Fitch. Uh, not even close. 
Yeah, I'll take you guys word for. I don't. I've never even heard of the guy. So. <laughs> there you go. I haven't heard of the guy, so if I haven't heard of him, you know. Uh, the next fight, Indies. The the Just fight that's not being televised. The the former Irish hand grenade, Jake O'Brien's taking up Andre Lawson. You're wrong. It's Irish Jake O'Brien. The Irish hand grenade is uh, that other dude. He's uh, 185. Uh, I thought it was Jake O'Brien. No, it's the other guy. Uh, um, Marcus Davis. Marcus Davis. That's the Irish hand grenade. Oh, oh no, they have to quit. That's too close of a nickname for me. <laughs> and and from what I hear, this this the Orlovsky fight will be the swing fight. So I imagine be, it would be. But I mean, geez, you look up and down the card on the dark stuff, you know, geez, any of those could be the swing fight. Yeah, right. they could. I'm going. I'm going with my guy Orlovsky, man. <laughs> I see O'Brien taking it by knockout. Hopefully, Orlovsky has a good showing, so Elite XC will pick him up. Right, right. The next fight is uh, L- Luigi um, F-word. That I can't guy. say his last name is Luke Como. Luke Kumo. I like Luke. He's fun. Well, he's he's the only one I heard of. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's going down on the undercard. I mean, it's all guys I've never heard of against guys I have heard of. Because on the right. next one, you've got Dustin Haslett against Josh Kogschett. Then you have David uh, Blitzman-Hannon against Diego Sanchez. And then you got John Haberton against George Gurgel. Gurgel. What a joke. <laughs> he, he should just stick to training, guys. Actually, I think this is it for him. This is his last fight under contract. So I agree, just... too. Just stick to training. Yeah. <laughs> Well, really, I mean, there are just some guys that are better trainers and fighters, and he happens right, to be one of them. Right, definitely, definitely. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, man, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a uh, 205 champ, isn't he? Uh, what champ is he? 175. 170. Actually, um, after this fight, I think this is Luke Como's last fight, and he's, he's going to be training full-time as an instructor for Matt Sarah. Really? Yeah, so he's, uh, I think... Well, then after Mancera fights St. Pierre, and then St. Pierre shows him that it was Luke that's the last time out, then, then Mancera can go back to training. Then. There you go. <laughs> there you go, exactly. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 I cannot stand Mancera, man. His his voice drives me insane. Insane. I think it's a New Yorker thing. What's that? I think it's a New York accent that I, I don't like. Oh, dude, it's just, I don't know, man. He just, oh, you know, I, I, I just, I can't stand his voice. And I, honestly, man, I mean, the guy is a talented fighter. His jiu-jitsu is, is, is incredible. Um, just, he's just one of those guys that just, I, I can't stand. And I think that St. Pierre is just such a talented person that it's just, you know, it's just fair that he does not have that title. Like, he just... I think it was a fluke, you know. The sun was shining on the dog's ass that day, and he just got lucky and took him took him down, man. I just, I'm a big GSP mark, dude. I, I, uh, that's who, that's who my. I think he's the most entertaining guy to watch, man. Mm-hmm. How I wish that uh, Sarah uh, uh, Hughes fight would have took place. What the heck? I wish that uh, Sarah Matt Hughes fight would have took place. Oh, it would have been interesting to watch. 
I it would have been very interesting. Because I devoted 13 weeks of my life to the build of this fight, and then I didn't even get it, you know. It, got, it was kind of disappointing. Right. That'd and you know what? You, uh, you got a, what? I mean, what was his, he had a strained back, is that what it was? Something like that. No, slip disc. Slip disc. Go get go get the go get the shot man up and get in the ring. I don't understand. Go get the a match for Mania, and then uh, at the last minute said, "Hey, you know, instead of Cena Orton, it's going to be uh, I don't know uh, Triple H." Brooklyn Brawler and Cena. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I you know what I don't understand is, and like, I think like if, if if you listen to like interviews from a lot of the fire. Like, half the time, those guys, I, like, I think Forrest Griffin said it the best. He did an interview, and he's like, hey, when I get into my fights, he goes, 95% of my fights I go into, I'm hurt. He goes, because I do so much hard training that they basically kill you through your training, you're always hurt. He's like, so, he's like, be a man, get in the ring, and fight. And he goes, I don't care what's hurt on me. He goes, I go in there and I fight. You know, I'm, I mean, like, oh, I got a muscle strain. You're the champion. You know, you got you got a slip disc. Go get a cortisone shot in your back. Right in. Or go get your epidural or whatever you need for your back, and get ready. You build. He's he's held on to that title for over a year and he's never defended it. What's I, funny to me is uh, I want to see these interim belts defended in a ladder match because it, it's like <laughs> interim belt, that's the build to it is normally a ladder match, and I want right. to see a ladder match. <laughs> That's true, man. I mean, it's totally true. Uh, it's it's terrible, man. I mean, just like now. I mean, what they they cut Krokop loose, right? Or he walked out of his contract? Oh, they, they, it was It was uh, basically the new promotion Japan starting up, and they did him a favor by cutting him. Right, because I know he. I I thought it said like they had something in his contract that if he lost twice or something, they could renegotiate his pay because they were paying such an astronomical amount of money to him or something. Right. And then uh, what's going on with the Couture situation? He's just gone, right? He just walked out and they're suing him now or what? Yeah, Last thing I heard is Cuban was trying the case in Texas courts uh, to find out the validity of the contract because Cuban wants to put together the Fedor-Randy uh, fight. Right. That's the last thing I've heard. I've not heard an update on it. But, I mean, like, Randy's contention was that there was no one else for him to fight. But I read – how did I read that at? So it was something about, like, he's just disappointed on UFC not being able to bring him enough talent or something, and he said he had nothing else to prove or something, or that there – there, what, What's that? Retire, then, if he doesn't have anything to prove. Right. Retire and be a commentator. You know, run your right. fucking gym. Become a movie right. star. Like, there's, there's no one else for him to fight in, in that weight class. No one else for him to fight. It, it, was, just like Gonzaga, it was just Gonzaga and Tim Sylvia. was the only... The, the, those are the only two guys trying to fight to, to prove everything. Yeah. Don Hoguera, he's nobody. Yeah, I mean, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the way I look at it is, I'd rather Randy come out there and said he lost a smile, and then they did uh, Tell Me a Lot music video. Randy, I mean, I agree, you know, he's done a lot for the sport, and he's a big name, but when he was, you know, I'm not going to say he, he wasn't a top-level 205-er when he went in there against uh, Chuck Liddell the third time. And they gave him that fight because UFC knew it was going to make a lot of money. Now, imagine right. if, uh, you know, Randy would have did the same, you know, and put over one of the uh, – not say put over, it's not roughly, but imagine if he had done, went in there 
with a, a Brandon Bear or went in there with Sylvia again or went in there with a Brock Lesnar or whoever. I mean, the fight could have done a lot of buys, you know, and he could just further the business, you know. I mean, I understand right. that, you know, in sports is a little bit different because, you know, it's all about, you know, why would you train for that long of a time against a guy who you, you've already beat or you know you could beat. But, I mean, I don't know, you know. I mean, it's also about you have to give back to, you know. Definitely. And then the one thing you don't do is you don't walk out of a company, when, especially when you're the champion, and then just discredit their whole division now. You know, like, he, you're going to walk out with their title, and then you're because because of selfish reasons because what he wants to fight Fedor or whatever whatever the reason is you know and if he fights Fedor he's going to get his ass handed to him for one so I don't know why he's so eager on fighting him but for two he's you know he's sitting here and, and, and he totally walks off their title so now everybody else in in the heavyweight division there it, it just disgraces the title because they never beat the real champion I just I think that's terrible man I just I think that's no matter how, look at how much heat that look how much heat Tito has with Dana White. He's coming back to fight his last fight, and it, it, you know he he's holding out his time. He could have walked out like like Randy did, but he didn't. You know, even though he hate they hate each other, he's still going to do his one fight thing. You know, and he's going to walk out gracefully. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I think that's you know, what he, I mean that's what you need to do. I mean, you're just cheating the fans. I mean, it's completely cheating the fans. If Randy's not concerned about the money, then he needs to get with Den Thomas, and Den Thomas can illegally put on the fight in Florida, call it a sparring <laughs> fight if he wants to fight uh, Fedor so bad. Right. I mean, honestly, I mean, how many? I mean, I mean, honestly, how how long do you think he's going to last with Fedor in the ring? One round, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I just I don't think Fedor. I I just don't think that guy feels pain. I mean, he's been dropped on his head by Kevin Randleman. He pops right back up and then just beats his ass. I mean, I just, I, I, I don't think, I just don't think anybody can, I just don't think anybody can beat this guy right now. Maybe he when he's 60. He impressive in the Linlin fight, though. I, I got to say that because Linlin went up to fight him, and he was able to take him down pretty much at will, and I think Fudo kind of swooped out a win on that. Now, maybe if he undertrained or whatever it was, mm. but uh, Randy does have a stronger wrestling background than Linlin. True. All right. Well, let's let's get on the spot here. Who's going to be the guy to take out Fedor? What's that? Nobody now. <laughs> Nobody's going to take out Fedor now because who's going to put? I mean, is Cuban going to bring in a top-level heavyweight to take out Fedor unless he's able to uh, get a deal with Barnett? Because Barnett's one of the few guys on the planet that may have a chance. I mean, nobody in USC has a chance to take the guy out. He squashed Chip no. Sylvie. He squashed Brock Lesnar. He squashed Frank Beer. Um, I, now I see know. now, I think I think you know what like like a Barnett a Barnett would be a fucking uh, I'm sorry with the language that'd be a great <laughs> Barnett would be Barnett would be a good grab for for uh, UFC and I I think he'd be a contender for Peter I think he'd be mm-hmm. him yeah, or I, you know what one. I think if you took Lesnar honestly God I think if you put him with an actual training company and and trained him I think dude he's a big guy as long as he doesn't just wuss out and tap out again. I think I think if they went in there and striked, I think it would be pretty interesting, man. Yeah, I have to agree. I want to see Kimbo slice against Fyodor Milenko. <laughs> no. No, no, no. No, no. Kimbo and Sap. Kimbo would be good. Yeah. <laughs> that would be good, too. Who would win that CBS. Kimbo, Kimbo and Fedora on CBS. <laughs> <laughs> That's money. 
It, it would. It'd probably get better ratings than the Super Bowl. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no doubt. That, no doubt. God, I didn't even think about him, man. That that, that Kimball's like, dude, that, he, that scary, dude's, that dude's, a, that, that dude's a monster, man, and he's crazy. Oh, he's crazy, and he's training him with Boss Root, and Boss Root's really putting him over. Oh, dude, how can you not like Boss Root, man? I mean, that that's a guy who now that's a guy who's a legend, and that you know, I met him at um, he was doing the IFL stuff, the the commentating for the IFL, and I met him uh, when my buddy was fighting in there, and I got like some pictures with him, and I actually got to talk to him, and he is a super cool dude, man. I mean, just just a straight up cool guy, man, and. Dude, like his his fights were awesome. Like the stuff he was, you know, the the bare hand stuff he did with when he smacked, you know, Jamrock out of the ring and stuff like that. Now that's a brawler, dude. Honestly, no. In serious talk, though, a, a fight that I th- I think if one uh, another guy could be field or it'd be Mark Hunt because they had a hell of a fight at the New Year's show, and I think that field or I mean, with him not looking that good against Linland, I think in a rematch. Hunt has at least the puncher's chance. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Where is Hunt fighting now? I know he's doing some shots for Hustle. I need to see Mark Hunt on my TV more. Am I the only one on the air? Hello? Hello. Yeah, I keep cutting in. I cut, my phone keeps cutting in and out on you guys, so I'm getting like bits and pieces of what you guys are saying. <laughs> okay, I want I want to see some more Mark Hunt fights. He was a hell of a stand-up guy. Man, you guys keep cutting out on me. Hello. All right. Well, hey, call back in. All right, let me call back in. Okay, um, here on Rubber Guard Radio, we got uh, ten minutes left in this hour. Um, that was Acid from Elite Pro Wrestling on the air, running down the next UFC show and running down his next UFC show. Um, on the second hour, we'll be joined by Vito DiNucci uh, from Between the Ropes Radio, and um, it'll be some good good conversation. Um, today, UFC broke... Uh... Okay. Well, what we'll do is I will pull this up. Um I will read the news that Alex was just uh, talking about. Um, Elite XC just confirmed in a press release that they signed a multi-year agreement with uh, CBS, which is huge. And it says that they're going to have four MMA events a year. Um, Those specials will be two-hour primetime broadcasts on Saturday nights. Um, That's huge. it's not officially announced, but the debut event is expected to be in April in New Jersey and headlined by Kimbo Slice. Um, this is huge. Uh, also, UFC announced a, a three-year sponsorship deal with Bud Light, which is their biggest corporate sponsor. Um, the sponsorship will go into effect in May, and it will include both UFC and WEC events. Um, this is huge, too. Uh, are you back, Al? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. Hey, cool. I was I was looking I was looking at the NWA shows and uh, the, on the main event of the last TV they had Los Luchas and the Young Bucks against Adam Pearce, Psychosis, and Joey Ryan and Carl Anderson. That looks good. That do, that does look good. And then also uh, they announced Carl Anderson's um, Carl Anderson's tour in New Japan. Let me see if I can pull uh, that up real quick. 
I'm going to go up. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'd like to congratulate the machine gun. Um, Carl deserves it. Uh, he's a hell of a talent, and uh, and uh, it was pretty good. Um, he's going to make uh, quite quite an impact, no pun intended. Um, are you on? All right, on three, yeah, on three nine, he's replacing the injured Yuji Nagata in the New Japan Cup. As on oh, three really? nine, he's taking on Koji Kanemoto in the first round. Oh. That's going to be sweet, and I will. You know, I will make sure that you get that. So, on three thirteen, it's going to be Nakanishi, Carl Anderson, and Naito against Hiroki Goto, John Bernard, and Prince Devitt. On three fourteen, it will be Nakanishi and Anderson against Goto and Bernard. On three fifteen, it will be. Let me find this match. Uh, not here. Not here. Uh, I don't know if he's booked on that card, but uh, the main event of that was uh, Milano against uh, Yano. Mm. Pinzon against uh, Gato. That'd be some good matches. Um, on three sixteen, is, is, is Carl going to be a, a junior? I don't think I don't think he can be a junior. He's real Yeah, I, I don't think so either. He's he's just too big. Yeah, I don't see um, him booked on the rest of the, on three seventeen though. The they, in the New Japan Cup, they got Nakanishi against Rhino. Oh God. <laughs> Crap! I wonder how Rhino's gonna work in Japan. Fuck them both. I can't stand Nakanishi either. He's the Japanese Lex Luger. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, on three sixteen, the main event is Giant Bernard against Homna, which that would be awesome. Against who? Uh, Homna. Oh really? Big Japan Homna? Wow, that's yeah. gonna be a squash and then some. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yes. Yeah, Sanahashi yeah. and Taguchi against Nakamura on Collection AT. Mm. I wonder what they're doing with Tanahashi now. Slow build. They're going to turn him heel. Full, full on uh, asshole heel. I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope. In the second um, round, it'll be uh, the winner of Milano and Yano against Nakanishi and Rhino, and then Kanemoto and Anderson against Bernard and Homna. Hmm. Yeah, I was um I was watching Dragon Gate last night, uh the Infinity seventy eight their T V. It's the Wrestle Jam third season. And uh they had Human Tornado on one side and on the other side had Generico in a it was an eight man. It was just wacky. Uh, and Human Tornado is, is born for Dragon Gate and so is El Generico. Um we're going to watch this um when you're in town this weekend. Um okay. they actually had the Maximos in town, uh in the country for uh How did Maximos do in Japan? I gotta hear. It was pretty good. Um, it wasn't as spotty as you would think, considering it was a Dragon Gate match. Really? Yeah, but they they weren't that spotty. You know, it was kind of weird, but it, it was it was fun. Um, I th- I think Dragon Gate. I would like to see Dragon Gate bring over some different workers than the guys they normally break over, because they normally try to bring bring guys over who fit more so into that style. But honestly, mm-hmm. I would like to see guys who don't fit so much into that style so you get different types of matches. I'd almost want to see, like, Danielson do a tour over there, which I imagine he'd be taking a pretty big pay cut considering he goes over there and does the Noah tours. Well, but I'd want to see know, people in that, in that, you know. The 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 one guy that's, that shined on this DVD was Austin Aries. Okay, that guy is a fucking machine. And also they had Jorge Rivera. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he was on the last yeah. tour, too. Yeah, um, you'll be seeing this uh, this this coming weekend. Um, it's an all-around fun, 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 fun show. 
Um, I, I can't. I'm really not a Dragon Gate fan. You know, it's too fast for me. But, but they've they've kind of turned it around and they're starting to use more psychology. Which, yeah, I mean, I I love the old '94, '95, '96 Michinoka Pro Lucha Resso style. That stuff was great. I love that. But this Dragon Gate stuff sometimes just gets too fucking fast. And it's like, dude, slow down, sell. Or not even sell, just slow down. Imagine the Briscoes in Dragon Gate. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that one. <laughs> okay, if you, if, you had to, if you had to pick six guys at Chikara, you'd sit over Dragon Gate. Who would you pick? Oh, boy. Um, oh, let's, let's, let's knock it down to three. If you had to pick three guys at Chikara. No, 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 Alex, no. I'll, I'll catch okay. you on six. Okay. okay. As a trio, the colony. Okay. Quack, of course, because quack with anybody is money. Quack, Sema, that's money, baby. Okay. So that's four. I think Eddie Kingston would be a, a good bully heel over there. I think he'd be able to get really good heat. And him versus Don Fuji would be amazing. Exactly. Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. And the last one, um, you know what? Maybe Chuck Taylor. I, I think that would be kind of a kind of a different, you know, different type of uh, a feel over there. Um, even though I, I'm not a fan of Chuck Taylor, but I think that you know his shtick, uh, you know, as far as yelling and the the scaring of the kids would would be pretty funny because I would love to see you know the Japanese fan react to that. What do you okay, think? Okay, I, I I'd want to see. Uh... I'd want to see Sweeney, Mitch Ryder, and Shane Hawk over there. Mm. Mm. And, and then, well, let me see, I put myself on the spot. Kingston would be awesome over there. And also a, a guy who's worked a couple of Chikara shots, but is not a Chikara regular. I'd want to see Necro Butcher over there. Oh. I don't... I... Necro wouldn't work because he'd have to do the, you know, the Predator, the Bruiser Brody... Swinging the chain through the through the crowd, you know I, I really don't see it working in Dragon Gate. Um, you team Kingston and Necro up over there, and it would be awesome. Who Necro and who? Kingston. Oh God, yes. Well, you you've <laughs> seen the you you have the the Necro in Japan that I sent you right from Big Japan. What do you yeah, think I've, of that? I've I've not seen it yet. Honestly, I'm not I'm not started watching it yet. Okay, you're cut off, dude, no more. <laughs> I'm sorry, and, and I'm at fault for that, but, <clears throat> yeah. I saw that Bruiser Brody comp in Japan, though. That, that stuff was, I mean, the Bruiser Brody comp period, that was wild stuff. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And that, that wasn't even the whole thing. I mean, I, I made one that was like six discs, and it was just insane. And that, well, like I said, Brody is, you know, he's always been my favorite, and he always will be. Speaking of Brody... Uh, last night, starting last night on the ESPN Classics, they're starting to air the AWA TV. They uh, they showed the it was March fourth, eighty six. The opening match was some dude uh, Budokan, some some the no talent dude, just big fat blubber guy against a very young Shawn Michaels in a singles match. The and Central State Rookie of the Year, wasn't he? Yeah, Central States Rookie of the Year. But the thing is, you you look at him then, and you knew he was going to be something good. And the, the, the weird thing is they had Greg Gagne on the commentary, and he was putting over that Jose Lothario trained him, which was kind of cool. 
um, I'm very happy that they're that they're doing that, that they're putting on the the AWA stuff because that stuff was great, especially the Brody the Brody stuff is, you know, when Brody broke uh, uh, Leon White Vader's leg, that's on that Brody comp I sent you. I um, thought uh, I thought Vern Gagne had burned all the tapes with Brody on it. No, he did not. He didn't own those. Oh, those were didn't? owned by ESPN because ESPN produced them. That's why. Oh, okay. That's why they're on there. Okay, so ESPN has a vault, too. I wonder why Vince hasn't bought up that footage. They won't sell it. Vince is getting a kickback, but he doesn't own that footage. Because I noticed he did have the Midnight Rockers against uh, Rose and Summers from the ESPN show on the mm-hmm. Michael TVD. Right. Well, they put the other one on there, on one of them. The, ca- the cage match that they had, it was on something, too. Uh-huh. From, um, was that on ESPN, though? Yes, it was uh, Christmas night '86. I think it was in St. Paul, Minnesota. But uh, we're gonna do why, is why don't Russell Promotions run on holidays anymore? It doesn't work. The business has changed too much. But uh, how do you feel about taking a call? Uh, that's cool. All right. Well, on the line we have the man, the myth, the legend. The guy who carries Brian Fritz on Between the Ropes, Vito DiNucci. Vito. James, what's happening? How you doing, brother? What's going on, Vito? What's up, fellas? What's up? I, I, I came in, and you guys are talking. you got to be talking about the AWA stuff that they're airing on uh, ESPN Classic, right? Oh, fuck. Oh. I, I'm like a kid in a candy store, man. Isn't that, that fun? My shit. Isn't that, that fun? Shit. Man, they had the episode on, was it last night or the night before, with Shawn Michaels looking like he was like, you know, a pudgy 20? Yeah, it was last <laughs> night, yeah. That was kind of fun. You know, you know oh, dude, that, that'd that, be good. You know what's kind of cool is I'm seeing all these, uh, you know, I saw some stuff on a couple of websites and stuff, people asking questions like, oh, you know, how are they how are they airing this? I thought Vince owned the footage, and he does own the footage. But you got to bear in mind, at that time, ESPN had a direct contact track with the AWA, mm-hmm. and those shows were produced specifically for ESPN. It wasn't like the AWA was syndicating those to ESPN, or they were, you know, those were specifically made in contract with ESPN. So yeah, Vinny's got that footage, but ESPN has also got a share in control of it. Mm-hmm. So oh, that uh, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, man, there's going to be a lawsuit, there's going to be a lawsuit. No, there ain't going to be no lawsuit. ESPN has got used to those for as long as they like. My issue with it is they don't air them in order. Well, That's what bothers me. There, there's not a wrestling historian on the staff at ESPN. So yeah, no not like they're going to pay attention to it, dude. They're just gonna, and truth they're looking for name value. Like that was a good one. If you notice, like when they, when they air those episodes, even the UWF ones, if you notice at the bottom, they do that little cross of, you know, now showing, and it shows, you know, UWF, now AWA Wrestling, uh, and it usually shows featuring, and it basically will blast up there one or two names. And what they'll do is, you can tell they're looking for as current a name as they can get. They showed Scott Hall and Sean last night. And that AWA was, footage is definitely an upgrade from the UWF footage. Oh, well, wow. UWF stuff was kind of brutal, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Dude. Oof. I mean, the scary part, there was a few cats in the UWF stuff. The Blackhearts, man. Yeah, Dave, well, Dave Johnson oh. is one of the Blackhearts. Yeah. And he still works, and he still does a Blackheart gimmick for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Dave, you know, I've known Dave a long time, and uh, he's a Florida guy. He works, you know, he, he actually is primarily the booker at this point for um, promotion down in South, they're based out of South Florida. They run some stuff up in the Central State and uh, CCW, and the guys that act, it, the actual promotion is owned by um, two dudes from Fight Out the Slam, Bruno Sassy is the primary owner. And uh, Tilly, Big Till, and you know they they had a little run in TNA a couple of years ago. And those are Dusty's boys, right? Oh, big time! That's Dusty's posse. There big time. So yeah, that's you know, and Tilly Tilly's a dear friend of mine. I see Tilly. Tilly's a, you know, he's lives in Daytona and he works in Orlando primarily. I see Tilly quite a bit, and Bruno's a good buddy too. Chris and I have worked them a bunch of times over the years. They're fun fun team to work. Real good team. I got a question for you. You're the man on the streets, Vito. Um, are all these all these promotions WrestleMania weekend doing overexposure because there's a ton of promotions uh, running, running shows in Florida? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you my gut instinct. We had Gabe Sapolsky on our show last night. Uh, Gabe did a great interview with us. Um, Ring of Honor is going to run Friday night and Saturday night Mania weekend here in Orlando. They're running the old Orlando Armory. Um, they have run that building several times under their FIP banner. Um, I think Ring of Honor is going to do phenomenal. They will fill that place up. Uh, they got a great reputation, uh, strong following, and there's going to be such a strong wrestling crowd in town because of Mania, obviously. 80,000 people, man. Yeah. Well, you know, the, 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 the Citrus Bowl is going to see, it seats, what, 67,000, I think, for the way they're going to configure it. Mm-hmm. And the reality of it is there'll be 100,000-plus dedicated wrestling fans in town for that week. Um, I think ROH is going to do just fine. They're they're going to fill that building up, and the, the building they're running can probably seat. Uh, we talked about this last night a little bit. I'd say anywhere from fifteen hundred to two thousand people no, if they center the ring in the building and utilize all their seating capability. Hmm. I think they'll do well. Now UXW, um, Frank Goodman, Goodman's yeah. promotion out of New York. Um, they are running the day before Mania Saturday. Uh, at the Central Florida Fairgrounds, and they have been running down here. They've run like I don't know three, maybe four shows down here in the last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Frank Frank brings in a lot of names. Um, you know, some bigger names than others depends on what your opinion is. Uh, but you know, guys like uh, you know Raven, Carino, Jerry Lynn. Um, I think he had demolition scheduled. They no showed him. Delos been on his shows, um, you know, a lot of guys that you'd know, and, and some and pretty known indie guys for the most part, um, but he dumped a lot of money into these shows as far as payroll, and, uh, you know, I don't know what kind of deal he's getting for the fairgrounds, but it's a big venue, and, um, I, man, I don't think, I think his best crowd has probably been one of the first two I heard he did, you know, six, maybe seven hundred, which... For an indie show, that's a phenomenal crowd, but when you've got payroll like he brings in, it's not it's not getting it done. And this last show he just ran, um, gosh, what you know, he bunch of names, bunch of names. He had a couple no shows late, um, kind of pulled out on the last time. That seems to be kind of a recurring theme with those shows. Um, but, you know, still a lot of star power on the show. I think he, he drew, from what I've heard, he drew under 300 people. Um, you know, now granted, you know, you know how indie show estimations goes. 
You'll get one camp saying he drew 250. You'll get his camp saying he drew 450. Truth usually lies someplace in between. So I've been hearing from people whose opinion I trust that it was probably right at or just under 300. Uh, but, you know, when you're talking about 300 people, even if they paid 25 bucks a ticket, let's say, and I know there were some comps in that crowd, you know, we did the math on it, man. And, and I know what he's paying most of the cats that he's bringing in that are names. He's losing his ass. Um, um, if I go to a four-hour movie, I get upset. And it seems like to me from when Frank was running up in New York, right. and from what I hear of you, what he's doing in Florida, it seems like he's booking these overstacked shows. Big time. Big time. Way, way too many matches on his shows. And I'll tell you the other thing i, I got to say that he does. And, and you know what? Normally I'm not a guy who is going to go slamming promoters because truthfully matter, you know, I'm not – I'm not nearly as active as I used to be, but yeah, I like to work now and then. I don't, I don't like to burn any bridges. But truthfully, with Goodman, he's got one practice he partakes in, and he's, he's very open about it, and, and I, I couldn't disagree more. I think it's horrible for the business. And that is he's just brazen about the fact that if you sell enough tickets or if you just flat out come out and give him enough money, you will get a spot on his show. And if he's got a 15-match card you know, already overbooked by you know, eight, nine matches, and you'll come up with the right money or, you know, basically kiss the right ass, he's pretty upfront about the fact that, yeah, yeah, I'll put another match on the show. Hey, I got 15, what the hell, what's 16? Well, that, that's what's ruined the New York, New Jersey scene is the damn ticket sellers. Yeah, and well, and that's, you know, hey, man, don't get me wrong. If you've, got, if you've got young, hungry indie guys that got a following that can actually work, and if between the fact that they know some people and they can go out and sell some tickets for you and they've got a little following of some people that are going to come check out the show and they can come on and give you a good match, hey, man, you know what? Great. That, that's part of how indies survive is you get guys out there, uh, you, know, you get kids that are hungry, that, that are willing to hustle, and, you know, yeah, they can sell some tickets, they can make a few things happen. You know, that, that's just business, but the, the, the prerequisite is they've got to have talents that are equivalent to the show and the price tag. You know, now if you got a bunch of kids out there hawking five dollar tickets for a, a, an admittedly shit show, okay. Well, you know what? If they're green and they're figuring it out, well, so be it. You get what you pay for. But when you're talking about a show that's got a bunch of name talent on it, you're selling twenty five, thirty dollar tickets. Man, you can't be sticking guys on that thing. They can't work. That that's oh, just wow. that that kills the business. That is what kills indie wrestling in towns. Yeah, that'd be kind of disappointing for $25 tickets taking a whole bunch of green guys out there. Yeah, I, I heard that last one. He re- I will say, you know, and I've got some affiliations with an outfit down here called FXE. They've run a training school for a long time here, uh, about four years now total. Uh, you know, A.J. Gallant's the owner. Uh, Matt Bentley works with them. Ricky Vega works with them. I work with them. Uh, some other indie guys from Florida, they got a pretty good name. Uh, JPAs, uh, Tom Lawler's a pretty well-known alum. He's doing some real good MMA work down here now. I know he's on UFC's radar. Um, they ran against, they ran head-to-head with Goodman that night. They ran the Fern Creek Armory, which is a smaller armory uh, in Orlando. And they ran their show. The biggest star booked on the show was Ricky Vega. And, you know, and I love Ricky, dude. Don't get me wrong. I love Ricky to death. And, you know, I think we talked about this last time I was on. Maybe, maybe not. He just won the IWA world title. And uh, he's doing real good in Puerto Rico. He's over. Uh, great, great talent, man. But he was the biggest name booked on that show. Bentley was not on that show. He was out of town. I was out of town. I, w- I had nothing to do with that show that night. Um, 
Vega was the biggest name. There was a, a run-in, quote-unquote, by Kenny King at the end of it um, from Tough Enough. Mm-hmm. But that show outdrew Goodman's UXW show. That show had a bona fide head count of 335 with 30 comps out there. Ouch. And they beat Goodman's show head-to-head with the biggest star on the show being Ricky Vega. And that's not a, that's not a dig at Ricky Vega. I think he's awesome. But for all the star power on that Goodman show, I, I'll be honest with you, I'll give, him, I, I'm, I'll give him credit that he's running again down here, particularly that weekend with a Ring of Honor show Friday night and Saturday night. He's in trouble. Oh, I, I think he's going to get his ass handed to him myself. What would you attribute uh, mm. them outdrawing USW to? What's that now? What would you attribute them outrunning, uh, outdrawing USW to? What would I attribute that to? Yeah, the fact that they were able to outdraw them. Mm. You know, I, I will say this. The guys, the guys that are on this FXE show, these are guys that have been working the Florida Indies. Um, they got a pretty strong following. Um and, and I, I gotta say, and again, yeah, I'm certainly biased here because I, I've, I've had some involvement with FXE's outfit. But I will say, um, it is the most professional looking set and layout I have seen on an indie show in a long time. Um, you know, just a beautiful stage entrance, pipe and drape the right way with the logos, lighting, fog, good sound, it's a real good ring set up the right way, very well run. Um, it, it looks it looks legit. You know you, you guys have been, you know, you guys have been around indie wrestling. You go to some shows now and then that just, you know, you get there, you sit down and between the matches in the ring and the atmosphere, you just kind of get this feeling like, "Wow, dude, I am at the ultimate horseshit show." <laughs> I I paid $25 for a ticket before and seen, you know, shows with no for, uh, nothing. I mean, just a curtain on a wall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no... Yeah. Bro, bro, I have worked... I, no, no bullshit. I worked a match my first year in a little town called uh, Auburndale, Florida. And this match, unbeknownst to me when I got booked, and, you know, at that time, I said, hey, you book me, as long as you cover my gas money, I'm, I'm there. You know, I'm just trying to get ring time. And this match, dude, the match was held in a garage. And I mean, like in like a commercial by day, this place does automobile repairs. And I get there and roll in, and the ring is set up, and this, this, this is a automotive garage. And apparently the promoter slash worker is a guy who also either owned or had access to this garage. This is where the show was. He had room for about, I don't know, five rows of chairs all the way around the ring on each of the four sides. You know, the dressing room was like one of those cheap-ass blue tarps that people use when their roof blows off. <laughs> Stuck up on, like, you know, sticks and stuff. <laughs> dude, dude, we got there, and I was like, okay, I am feeling levels of just shit that I have not felt in my entire life. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. I mean, dude, there's some shows, you know, bar shows and stuff sometimes. There's some pretty gnarly shows. No doubt about it. I went to one show that was a benefit show because San Diego had these fires. And um, 
yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it was to benefit the fires. Um, I'm not gonna say the promoter's name, but he's not the most trustworthy promoter around here. Sure. And uh, he, he put on the show, and he had room in this closet about one row of seating, and I'm pretty sure everybody was comped because they were probably the guys I trained with, or my trainers, or uh, other people I know from around the area. Mm-hmm. And and the show, I mean, you can't even work, you can't work it from a crowd where everybody's your friends, you know? I mean, yeah. it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah, you, well, you can't, and, and you're right, you can't work work. You know, you can't go in there and, and work your gimmick and do the whole thing. That's tough because you know that your buddies are in there, the people you know, and they're going to be giving you wise-ass comments the whole time. Especially when it's 20 people and you know them all. <laughs> yeah. You know what, i tell you what, that is the one thing. Boy, if I can impart a bit of wisdom, <laughs> if typically, typically, and that's not... Like everything in life, there's no absolutes. But if you typically get approached by any promoter and you hear the words, yeah, I want to contact you, I want to talk to you about working a benefit show, run like hell. <laughs> Turn, run the other way, don't pass go, don't collect 200 bucks, just get the fuck out of Dodge. That's, that's what you got to do because benefit shows, they traditionally suck. They last eight hours. And there's no money made because you rarely go to a benefit show. They're always last-minute throw-togethers and it's some fly-by-nighter who, you know, there was a tornado in a neighboring town, so some fly-by-nighter thinks he's going to get good press in the, you know, Wachula mid-daily, bi-weekly planet, and he's going to get a good write-up because he ran a benefit show. And, you know, 18 people show up, by the way, all of which came with the workers, <laughs> nobody makes any money and typically it, so the guy doesn't look like a complete dick he's playing past the hat in the back asking the boys to not only give their ring time in their travel and the money cost them to get there and all that stuff but he's asking for a donation so he's actually got some tangible amount of cash to hand over at the end for his alleged benefit show oh boy it's just pathetic all right, um, before we get into anything else, um, the second hour of Rubber Guard Radio is brought to you by our sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, you need lucha masks, DVDs, T-shirts, um, anything, uh, check them out. And we do have a caller on the line for Vito, Mr. Ed in San Antonio. What's going on, brother? Hey, guys, what's going on? Um, Vito, man, I, I talked to you once on uh, Between the Ropes. I'm, uh, Fritz's, I'm Fritz's friend, that, uh, the, the guy that Fritz uh, stayed with in Vegas last year. Yeah. Yeah, and I just want to let you know, I know I talked to you all about it. You guys said you guys were thinking about coming down, and I just want to let you know, dude, if you come down, I'll have a UFC ticket for you already, and uh, you can just take care of it down there. That way you don't have to worry about it. Beautiful. And, uh, and uh, I won't be the only one there. Uh, the co-host, uh, Alex here, he'll be down there too, so maybe he'll get a chance to pick your brain if you, if you decide to show up, man. Dude, I'll tell you what, Fritzy, Fritzy said something to me about the Vegas deal. What are the dates? It's, it's the week, what is it, 88, UFC 84? Yeah, 84. Um, I'm going to be there. Most of us are going to be there from, like, the 22nd through the 26th. And I think Fritz said he would go, like, maybe the 23rd through the 25th. Okay. And uh, the, the UFC Fritz, shows Fritz the 24th. Fritz is terrified of Vegas, so I'll actually come for the whole time. Oh, okay, that sounds cool, man. Yeah, I, I, if I'm coming out there, if I'm coming to Vegas, I usually try to find reasons to stay longer, not leave shorter. Fritz is the gangster, like, oh, i, I got to get home, i got to work. I'm like... Yeah, dude, there's, like, still more liquor here. we got to stay. <laughs> no, no, no. Vegas still has booze left. We can't go home yet. <laughs> I may yeah, have to for that one. 
So, so what, what do we got? Where are we staying? Uh, I'm staying at uh, the New York, New York, and I told Fritz that uh, I'll put you guys up if you guys want to save the, uh, want to save a little bit on the room, and uh, we'll just Fritz or one of you can uh, sleep on a cot, and you know we'll have we'll all each have our own bed and shit. So it'll be pretty cool, man. Uh, the New York, New York. I don't know if you ever stayed there, but it's oh, yeah. a pretty cool little place. Oh yeah, New York, New York's all good. I've stayed there. I've, dude, I up until about two years ago, I was in Vegas at least three times a year. I love it. Uh, yeah, dude, I'll tell you what, man. At this point, I would tell you, bro, count me in. I'll be there. Sounds uh, good. You know, I, I think Fritz was planning on going. Like I said, he may make it a little bit of a limited trip, but, uh, you know, that's okay. The big boys can stay and play after he goes home. That's fine. Uh, yeah, he's a lightweight anyway, man. He didn't, he didn't really hit the, the bottles too hard while he was down there. No. Nah, well, you know what, bro? What I have learned is that I can still drink as much as I used to, but the recovery just sucks. <laughs> now that I'm getting older, the recovery, instead of being able to get up the next morning to start in again, if you really tied one on, it's like one of those deals the next day, you're absolutely fucking worthless. All right, With three matches under my belt, I sure will be picking your brain a lot. Yeah, oh, hey, dude, we'll have a good time, man. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a good time. Since, since we have Ed online, go ahead and plug the, the convention that's going to be going on that weekend, man. Let the, let the peoples know. Okay, well, like the convention is for the S4W uh, online uh, uh, members, and... Uh, uh, any freeloaders free to show up if they want to. We're we're going to be having a big dinner uh, that Friday night, and uh, Gallagher's at New York, New York. Basically, the trip's going to be from the 22nd through the 26th. And uh, if you're a member of the F4W online and you want to go, uh, we're uh, this member uh, Jay Bennett, uh, this great guy from the website. He's actually going to he's going to get group uh, tickets for everybody. We just got to uh, pay his PayPal and stuff, and he's going to get them up as soon as they go on sale Saturday, so hopefully we'll get some good seats going. And uh, Vinny and uh, Brian will be there, and uh, hopefully Fritz and, v- uh, Fritz and uh, Vito and uh, Mike Sawyer, Oliver Kopp from Tough Enough, uh, hopefully the Cancer and M-Rob from KFA for Dummies, and hopefully Alex and KZ from Rubber Guard Radio. Oh, I'll be there. Count me in. Yeah, that dude. I'm looking forward to it, and I can finally meet the. Uh, I can finally meet Vinny. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I can meet Vinny. I, I get to spend Mania with Alvarez apparently, but I, I get to meet Vinny. Actually, Vinny's going to WrestleMania, so you'll get to meet him. Uh... Okay, cool. I get to meet Vinny. That'll be a dark match. Vinny and Vito, dude. I, I feel like we should need to drink some, you know, some zambuca and go eat some manicotti or something. I'll definitely <laughs> do it with you. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. All right, cool. Tremendous, tremendous. Well, I'm looking forward to Vegas, Ed. That should be very cool stuff, man. I am very much looking forward to coming down there, or coming over there, I should say. And uh, uh, I think, I think, I'm almost. I think we've already got our stuff in for media credentials for for that show too. So we should have some pretty cool access on that end. Uh, cool, cool. So that'll be all good, man. That should be a good time. All right, Ed. While I have you on the phone, uh huh. Ed, while I have you on the line, give me a winner for Anderson Silva, Dan Henderson. I'm I'm going to go with uh, Anderson. Uh, I think he's going to, uh, if he doesn't knock him out, I think he'll submit him towards the later rounds. Um, I have a feeling it's gonna, they're going to start toe-to-toe. I think Anderson will get the advantage, and then uh, Henderson's going to start trying to take him down and work him, and it'll kind of be like that pretty much the whole, every round, and hopefully he'll uh, wear down the Silva. If he doesn't knock him out, I see a triangle. But uh, I, I just, I just. Herring Congo. I, oh man, this is this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I, I I would love to see Herring win. I would love to see him win. I just don't know if he can. He's got a lot of mileage, 
And, um, you know, but maybe he can pull it out. I hope he does. I really hope he does. Cool. All right, Ed, well, I'm going to cut you off. Thanks for calling in, brother. Okay, no problem, guys. You guys take it easy, and, uh, Vito, hopefully I'll be seeing you in a couple months here. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks, bro. All right. Bye-bye, guys. Good call, Ed. Thanks. All right, well, I'm going to put you on the spot, Vito. Anderson Silva or Dan Henderson? I'm going with Dan Henderson, bro. Um, How do you call it? How do you see it, brother? Uh, well, what I see with this one is I, Silva has been so devastating with those Muay Thai clenches. Just, you know, yeah, you, you know, ask Rich Franklin how he feels about those. Um, I think the, the difference is, is Henderson, he's got the answer for that. Henderson is very good on his feet. He's got... Excellent. You know, he, he knows how to handle uh, a Muay Thai fighter, whereas I think Franklin was a little bit outclassed on that. He just didn't know how to get away from that. I don't think Henderson's going to have that problem. Um, I do agree with, like, with what Ed just said. I think Silva, if that match gets to the, to the ground, I, I think Henderson can be submitted. I mean, he's, you know, he's strong. His, his defensive skills are good. But I... I I do think that Silva's got a chance of submitting him if he can get him on the ground and take control of him because you know Hendu's he's he's fallen into some submissions out of nowhere during his career. You know what I mean? He's had some matches where he he's gotten submitted, you know, just kind of out of nowhere. He gets on the ground, gets caught. He seems like he's a little susceptible. But I, I just my gut instinct in this one, I thought Henderson really really showed something: strength, stamina, his ability to go toe to toe and fight. I think he really showed something when he's in the ring of Jackson. And uh, I, I just, I think he's got enough physical skill to outdo Silva. And, and I'll be honest with you, part of me is just rooting for this to happen because I think if he doesn't beat Silva, I don't think anybody in that class is going to beat Silva anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Well, let's... Uh... Now, Her- I'll t- I'm going to throw this out too. The Herring-Congo fight, I think I definitively feel like Herring's going to win this fight. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I like this matchup for Heath. You had him on the on the show a couple weeks ago. Oh, uh, we love Heath, dude. He, <laughs> he, Heath's our boy. It, it, truthfully, if I if, if I said that Heath was going to lose, I'm afraid he'd fly his ass out here and beat the shit out of me. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> well, we're we're going to change it up. Um, we're going to get off the MMA talk and we're going to uh, speak about some current events. Okay, uh, fabulous. Alex Saint wants to uh, discuss what's going on, you know, in the world of the world. So, Excellent. Alex Saint, I am giving you the office. It is now officially the Alex Saint Show. Okay. Actually, we're going to stay on MMA. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, take that, bitch. <laughs> hey, I'm going to smack you up on Saturday, Al. <laughs> A little ground and pound, bitch. Nice. CBS and Elite XC, what's it mean, Vito? Ooh, that's a big deal, um, and, and I'll tell you, it will be an even bigger deal if Elite XC will follow up and bring some names in, um, and, and they're working their way there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they don't have some name power, but I, UFC's success, to me, is because of the, the marketing and the star power. They've got icon fighters. They've got name brand fighters that people know, and you don't even have to be a hardcore fight fan to know a lot of the UFC fighters. With this exposure on CBS, what it's going to take, they can, they can put on some of the greatest fight cards in, in history, and it will help draw some fans, but they need some name power. They need to bring a couple guys in that are going to really get people's attention. Um, I know we discussed this a little bit last night, 
and one of the things that was brought up that I agree with that could be a, a good direction to go with that is you know there's there's rumors of a Kenny Shamrock Kimbo Slice fight. Um, Shamrock would love to fight him, and you know obviously they're trying to feed Kimbo some name guys to give him legitimacy. Granted, you know Kenny's what forty three now, mm-hmm. yeah, and and he's not Randy Couture forty three. He's Ken Shamrock wore down better days are over forty three. Uh, that being said, Kimbo's still so green. I think there's there's possibilities that that, that Kenny could still win that fight. But uh, this this could be a huge huge deal, and this might be the step if they can get a little more star power to give them a little more appeal to get people interested right off the bat. Uh, cause you know how the networks are; they're not patient. You know they're they're not going to let them build into being this great company. They want numbers. They want them now. So the big key is going to be for XC to put some name fighters on the card, the cards that are going to draw some attention, draw the public's attention. If they can do that, this will be the first step in somebody finally being able to step up and give UFC a legit challenge. What? How much? How important do you think it is that Elite XC has a Tito Ortiz debut? Well, not maybe debut, but at least come into the the fighting surface that that show. Hmm, it would go a long way because right now I would say Tito Ortiz is still one of, I'd say, the top three name draws in mixed martial arts as far as getting people's attention and getting them to buy a pay-per-view and come to see a show. And, you know, to me, that's still Chuck, it's still Tito, and it's still Couture. Um... And, and, yeah, none of the three are in their prime, but they're all three still great fighters. I, I think Dana's making a mistake with Tito. I really do. Uh, I still Tito Ortiz is still a very good fighter. He's not what he once was, but he's still an excellent fighter. There's only a handful of guys that I don't think he can beat. And he's got such charisma. He's got such media skills. And he's, he's such a media icon already. He kind of he, he borderline transcends MMA within the media. And this little deal he's got going with Trump didn't hurt him. Uh, the fact that he's dating Jen Jameson doesn't hurt him either. Um, but, you know, yeah, Tito, if they could get him over there and sign him up, uh, have him appear on their TV and fight within the first couple cards, that's massive because he is one of the top three draws in MMA. Prime time on CBS, do you have a Gina Carano fight? Mm. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be a good way to go, yeah. I mean, she's gorgeous and she's a badass. <laughs> she is gorgeous. Oh, dude, and she can fight. I mean, she's the real deal. She can go, and that uh, you know, to me, I think that's yeah, that that's a that's a good direction to go. I'd be all in favor of putting Carano on there, and I, I think it would be a nice draw, especially because it's something the UFC doesn't offer. I mean, Dana so has been traditionally so anti uh, women fights in and and, and and you know UFC MMA in general that you put a, a, somebody like Gina in there that is so pretty and can fight. Um, yeah, I think you got something. How's how's the media handle a woman fight prime time on CBS in 2008? Now, they are a little bit more smartened up, but, I mean, how do they handle it? I think they handle it fine. I, I, I really don't think it's an issue at this stage. Uh, you know, Layla Ali has broke down uh, most of the remaining barriers that the, the mainstream media has with that as far as any kind of legitimacy. Um, you know, uh, what's her name? Uh, Christy Martin. You know, she got that ball rolling years back. 
Um, you know, Christy, now granted, she wasn't what you'd call oh, beautiful, but Christy wasn't a hideous-looking chick, and she could fight. And, you know, the, the media kind of jumped on board with her. She got stuck on a lot of pay-per-views and boxing. And then Layla Ali came along. You know, obviously she's got the lineage. Layla's a pretty girl, and, and she can go. I mean, she's a hell of a fighter. Um, you know, that, that broke down a lot of the barriers for mainstream media having acceptance of women in combat fighting. And, uh, you know, you get it to Gina Carano, who, and, you know, there'll be a little backstory, too, because she had that little bit of a run with the Gladiator show. Mm-hmm. So she's already gotten a little bit of exposure to the non-MMA community uh, and the fact that she looks like she looks and, and that she can legitimately fight. Um, I don't think it'll take long at all for the media to really take her in and, and you know, get into her whole routine. Okay, and then another big news, uh, Super announced Bud Light as one of their sponsors. Now, what, what's that mean for UFC? <laughs> Money. <laughs> Lots of it. <laughs> no, that's huge, man. That's huge. You know, let's face it, guys. What Name a major sport in which Budweiser and its family are not significant sponsors in. They're all over the NFL. They're all over Major League Baseball, the NBA. Hell, they're still big parts of the NHL. Um, you know, boxing, you see Bud sponsorship of boxing everywhere. They're all over NASCAR. So that's kind of cool because for UFC, what that does is it kind of puts that marketing stamp of approval on them now. You know, I, I'm, I, so I'm, I'm guessing that's the end of Mickey's, huh? <laughs> well, what about Zions? I mean, <laughs> is Bud Light going to have to bail out Zions too? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I, it, it's, it's a huge sponsorship, man. And, they're, you know, hey, anybody who's still talking about, you know, I crack up when people still talk about, you know, UFC's efforts to be mainstream. Uh, you know, hey, there's still work to be done, but they're on the radar. They're here. You know, a, a, a growing number of mainstream sports media covers mixed martial arts and UFC in particular. And they're here, man. I mean, they do phenomenal pay-per-view numbers. They do very credible cable rating numbers for anything they throw out there, they're here. They're here. Dana was asleep at the wheel on this network TV deal. His arrogance once again kind of got in the way of his better judgment. And that, But, you know, anybody who follows Dana White and UFC and the whole saga knows that that's not atypical of Dana. Uh, Dana Dana's arrogance and his ego sometimes get in the way of good business judgment. And, yeah, they needed to be the first company to make it to network TV not only for themselves, but for the good of MMA, because they are the most polished, accepted product, and they would have been the ones to break down doors. See, the problem, you know, if UFC goes on, they're going to probably do some good numbers, and it'll be a success. Elite XC, that's debatable. Could be a big success, and that would be outstanding, but it could go bad. They don't have enough star power. They don't catch people's attention. They get some snoozer fights on the first show or two. It could really hurt it. And then the problem is, you're going to get the networks that have been kind of back and forth with Dana and UFC and the, and the you know, Fertitas and say, well, you know, hey, man, CBS did the MMA thing on primetime and it blew ass. Why, why do we want to bring you on? Why do we want to pay you all this money? So on that regard, I think they definitely missed the boat. They had the upper hand. They could have commanded more money, and I think their success would have been more guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I my point is um, this. What happens if uh, – 
what happens if the lead XC does catch fire? How, how does Dana White handle competition by what he's shown in the past? Um, it'll be interesting because, truthfully, Dana, if you really think about it, Dana has never been at the helm when there's been a legitimate, serious challenge for supremacy within the MMA community to UFC. Um, you know, Pride, even when Pride was going strong, you know, UFC's been around a long time now, but when Pride was in its heyday, yeah, Pride did great in Japan. And, you know, they were in the States here, it was a big underground thing, and, you know, hardcore MMA fans knew about Pride, and, you know, Pride did well overseas. But as far as in the USA, in the U.S. market, there's never been a real genuine challenge to UFC's stake, be it big or small, and that's been pretty much the whole time they're here. There's, there's never been anybody that came close to what they do even when they were growing. So it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'd love to say that he'll pull a McMahon, tighten, tighten his ship, get his act together, make good decisions to squash his competition. But truthfully, we've never seen Dana operate under those circumstances. So we don't know. There's not a track record to refer to. Um, he's a smart guy. Uh, he, he, you know, he's... Dana's mistakes are never on the, for lack of intelligence. He is an extremely smart guy. He gets it. He understands marketing. He understands the fight game. And my gut is, is that if Elite XC does something to actually bring themselves to a level of relevant competition, I'm thinking the Fertitas and Dana uh, will make moves that will be very swift and decisive to make sure that there's no doubt who runs the show. Um, that being said, uh, you know, it, it could go the other way, man. I mean, Dana's, Dana's attitude and his arrogance and that ego, uh, they get the best of him sometimes, and he makes poor decisions sometimes because of that. Uh, so I'll be curious to see, but my gut is that if, if a real challenge surfaces, uh, I think they'll squash it fast. All right. Um, Vito, would you like to take a caller? Yeah, sure. Cool. All right, caller from the 347, you're in New York State. Who am I speaking with? Uh, you're speaking from Stephen in New York. Um, I actually write for the website. Stephen, what's up? Uh, nothing, what's going on? Um, I just want to know, um, what other fighters do you think that EXC should put on the um, card? Because um, I know Nick Diaz lost his last fight for EXC, but he's a pretty big name, and he has had some exciting fights. Absolutely. Um, and the thing is that um, Frank Shamrock and Kung Lee are fighting on the 29th, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, now, um, let me ask you, have they announced, do we have a firm date when they're going to have the first special? Um, it is, I, I was reading it on Yahoo. Let me pull this up right now. Cool. It is April 26th, I believe, Dave Meltzer's reporting on Yahoo. Okay. April. Tw- um, it says it's tentatively scheduled for April 26th. Right. And it's likely to be headlined by Kimbo. Kimbo and Ken, is that what he's talking um, they didn't say Kimbo and Ken. They were talking. Um, hold on. There was somebody. There was somebody else that they were talking about. I'm not familiar with him. He had one fight in um, UFC. Was it? Um, I'm not sure actually. I don't think they have a set opponent for him. Okay. Well, who, who else? Who, any, anybody else mentioned in that that they're talking about? Um, not really. I mean, they 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 just said that it's likely to be headlined by Kimbo and. He was just talking about just business more so than anything else. Sure. I mean, um, they're, the, they're the just inter- about time slots. I think the interesting thing to me right now with Elite XC, because I'll be honest with you, there's some good fighters on the roster. There, there's, there's guys that are very talented. 
but the problem is they're not names. And, and again, like we were talking about a little bit earlier on this, and uh, we talked about it last night on BTR, which was they've got to have some star power. Now, yeah, Kimbo, Kimbo could be there, but Kimbo, let's, let's be honest right now, Kimbo is still probably more of an Internet legend than he is a bona fide star you know, in, in the MMA community. Um, you know, that's why I thought the Kimbo-Ken Shamrock thing makes a lot of sense because Ken Shamrock is a name that, you know, time-tested people that are not even hardcore MMA fans are familiar with Ken Shamrock. Um, you know, that's a, that's a fight that's going to get some, you know, you're going to get some attention just because people know who he is, and I think that's what they need right now. There's, there's two ways to approach, actually there's three ways to approach this by Elite XC. They can put on great fights and hope that people watch it, give it a chance, and really see some fights and just make them go, wow, man, this is, this is tight, this is good stuff. Or they can go the route of taking a guy like Kimbo that they are really trying to push, kind of make him their, you know, he's their flagship, and you put him in there against somebody who may even, you know, look like a good fighter, but just that he can go in there and take two minutes and beat the living hell out of and have a few fights like that where you put some guys that you know are kind of, you know, they got a little name appeal, they got a little star appeal, you can put them in the, in the ring and let them do their thing. And it basically would take on almost the premise of old school wrestling where you put your stars in there and you, you, you put them in there in squash matches where they just come in, kick the living hell out of somebody, and it's like, wow, he's a monster. So they can try and go that route if they want to to really establish some guys as mashers. Or you go the other route, which is you put in some people in there that are names. You put in names that you, you at least hope that people that aren't just the hardcore MMA fans know so you can get some people to take a look at this thing. The problem they've got right now is how many names are out there that are going to be available that meet that criteria that, that would be available to fight on April 26th. Um, you know, I know Orlovsky and Ortiz are two good candidates coming out of UFC that got some name value. Obviously, Ortiz is, is the man there. I don't think they would be available and ready to fight at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's one thing, uh, you know. People talk about, you know, Randy. Well, you know, Randy's not a free agent. Randy's under contract until his situation gets resolved. That's not going anywhere. Um, you know, you've got, the, you, you've got some of the names from the past, but the problem is the pride names. Now, I can sit here and go old school pride and mark out for, you know, Coleman and Kerr and guys like, yeah, well, they're, you know, they're too old and they can't fight anymore, so they don't matter. And even then, they were pride guys, so mostly only hardcore fans really know a lot about them. Um, it's kind of a quandary. You know, that, that's why, to me, Shamrock and Kimbo make so much sense because it's really, I think, on a show that's going to be booked that early, I think it is their one chance at some bang name appeal. Nick Diaz is a good option. He's a name that's familiar to a lot of UFC fans. Um, you know, his brother fighting, the ties there, uh, the whole Ultimate Fighter tie thing, that, that, that was seen by people that aren't necessarily the hardcore fans. So, yeah, I think it's a must that he's on the show. I think you put Gina Carano on there and you market the hell out of the fact that she's on there and you show her and you show her doing her thing, generate some interest. I, I think that's the way they've got to go now. I think it's interesting looking at this Saturday's UFC's card because the fights that aren't being televised are awesome. aren't your run-of-the-mill fights between two nobodies. No. I mean, you have Diego Sanchez, Josh Koscheck, Luke Kumo, who got all that TV exposure through the Ultimate Fighter television show. Yep. And then you have former world champion Andre Olofsky. Now, obviously, this fight was uh, booked before the Elite XC deal was named. But do you see Dana going 
because Dana was kind of hunky-dory about who he released beforehand. But, I mean, let's take a guy who's on 13 weeks of the Ultimate Fighter and comes in, you know, top four. I mean, he's definitely someone that could jump right into Elite XC and maybe, you know, have some of a name value. Oh, I agree. And, and don't be surprised if, you know, and, and honestly, I couldn't sit here and recite the contract status of, of all the uh, Ultimate Fighter alums. And I, I, I know most of them are still involved with you. You know, the, the, the relevant ones are pretty much still with UFC. But, you know, if there's some guys out there that got some good TV time on the Ultimate Fighter that aren't tied to UFC at this point, don't be surprised to see Elite XC try and pick them up just because there's some name recognition value there. Um, I'll tell you what, I think if Dana still takes this kind of laissez-faire attitude towards keeping Orlovsky around, given the losses he's had in the heavyweight division at this point with Couture and his contract, Krokop not working out, and now you know they gave him his release, so he's gone. Sylvia's lost a couple times, so he's not nearly the monster that he once was at this point. I think they really got to reconsider letting Orlovsky walk. <laughs> I definitely agree with that. And also... I don't know how the UFC contracts are structured, but I wonder if there's something on there because obviously Elite XC would want some of their top-level guys obviously being cornermen for some UFC guys because then it would build up brand familiarity. Like, oh, I know this guy. He was the cornerman for so-and-so at the last UFC. But obviously UFC is not going to want to expose, you know, Elite XC guys on their television. So are they going to – because I know MMA guys are real particular about who they have corner them. So can they, you know, say, hey, we don't want – uh, Nate, we don't want your brother to corner you for this fight because he does have that elite still television deal. They absolutely can and they will, uh, with, especially with it being network TV and the fact that Elite XC beat them to the punch. Bank on the fact that nobody that is a big-time relevant UFC fighter personality at this point is going to be allowed to be in the corner of anybody on TV on Elite XC. If, if they are, it will be... I would be stunned, but I know that almost all of the UFC contracts have provisions that prevent their personalities from appearing on live TV for a rival promotion. Okay. Now, on the wrestling front, uh, Ray Mysterio Jr. got bicep surgery. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what are some of your opinions on Ray? Because he was out with a big knee injury last year that caused him to miss WrestleMania. And then it looks to be, unless, unless it's a big work again, but uh, – it looks to be that Ray's going to miss this year's WrestleMania due to a bicep injury. Is it time for Ray to hang it up? Or, well, you know, dude, he's had he's had family and doctors telling him he needs to hang it up for about three years now. Um, actually, a little bit more than that, to be honest with you. Um, Ray's beat to death, man. Ray is Ray's got a lot of miles on him. Um, he he has worked a style that has just absolutely abused his body for years. And you know, fact of the matter is. You know, Ray Ray was gassed up very nicely there for a long time and put a lot of muscle on, uh, which is one of the reasons he's been able to compete the way he's been able to compete. Step up, you know, he's a little guy, and um, he's been so jacked up for several years. You know, I'm, I'm sure you guys noticed, too, that when he made his comeback match several months ago, he was a significantly less jacked-up Ray Mysterio, a um, lot looser than he'd been in years past. And, uh, you know, guys, bottom line, be it growth, be it just, you know, different types of roids, when you're on them that hard for that long, they take their toll. They take their toll. And the style that Ray works, the lifestyle he leads, you know, on the road, traveling, working his ass off. You know, he's, he's not Kevin Nash. He's not a guy who gets in here and throws some, 
some fists, some elbows, a couple knees, power bomb somebody, and calls it a night. You know, uh, this is a guy who gets in and kills himself every night, be it a house show or pay per view. It doesn't matter. Um, he's he's got to be nearing the end of the road. Um, he probably should be nearing the end of the road. Um, and you know, typically muscle tears like that, they kind of go hand in hand with guys that have been on the stuff too long. Not to say that muscle tears don't occur for people that are clean, because they do. Uh, but you know, Ray's been linked just by common sense and otherwise. You know, his his names appeared in a lot of the records of uh, some of these investigations that have been going on. Uh, the pharmacies down here in Florida. I know his names were on some of the stuff with Benoit's doctor. Um, I don't think it's any secret that Ray was pretty gassed up. You know, like I said, be it growth roids. I don't know. You know what? And, and I and I don't say that in a derogatory way by any stretch, dude. That is the business we work in. It it, it is what it is. To be at that level, to succeed, that's for years now been part of the price you pay. Um, so, you know, I've taken them. I've been pretty upfront about that. I tried to be pretty educated about it. I would usually, I would time it. I mean, if I knew I was getting a shot on a pay-per-view or if I knew I was getting to work some, you know, Fed TV or something, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd do a cycle. You know, cut up, lean up a little bit. Was it the best decision? No, but I mean, I researched the hell out of it. I would find out cause and effect, what it did, what should I do with my diet, what should I do with my fluid intake to do the different things to negate the negative cool. effect. Um, I'm going to hang you up now, so i got to get back to the show. All right, bro. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, I'm glad you're back. <laughs> yep, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry, but, you know, all, I, all that work, yeah, protecting sponsors and all that, you know. It's crazy. Hey, the, it's, the job never ends, man. It never does, yeah, believe me. But with Ray, bro, I, I think I think he's getting there. Uh, it's not to say that he won't rehab, come back, and maybe uh, change his style a little bit for self-preservation. But I, I think his best years are behind him, and I think if he's going to continue on, he's got to really lighten up what he's doing. I, I don't think it'll work. If he changes his style, I don't think it'll work because he's just too damn small, and it's, un, it's not believable if he does anything other than high flying. I agree. And that, that's, that's just the truth. I agree. It's a shame. It's a shame. Ray Ray is in my top top ten all time. I've I've loved him, you know, since geez, when the first time I saw him, he was Calibri under that mask in L.A. I mean, this is a long time ago, mm-hmm. and it, it's he can't do anything else. It just doesn't work because he's too damn small. He can't reinvent himself. Not like the Undertaker. He'll you know he'll he'll go through a gimmick and then three years later he'll change it up. You can't do that with Ray. It just doesn't work. Yeah, and it's a shame because you know. He's a, he's a hell of a guy. You know, I mean, I've, I've hung out with Ray, and I spent a good amount of time with him, and it's a shame because he's, you know, he's a sweet guy. Yeah. You know, he's got a good heart. He's, he's a lot like Eddie, Eddie Guerrero. They both had really good hearts, and it's just a shame. Yeah, you know? no, I, I agree. It, it is, and he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an excellent worker. His heart's, you know, he, he loves it, man. He loves it. He's into it. His heart's in it. But you're right. He's, he is very limited by his physical stature. There's mm-hmm. only so much he can do, and the sad fact is there's not a company out there right now that is willing, a national company, okay? There's not a national company that's out there right now that is willing to let the little guys be little guys and work together and do their thing. You know, you either got to kill yourself via the air if you're working with the other smaller guys, or if you're up there working with the big boys, you got to be gassed to the gills and still killing yourself. It might be time for Ray to go to Mexico and start throwing chairs, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Um, I, you know, I hope it's not the end for him, but I, I think it's it's getting there, man. Be close. Yeah. Oh. I have to agree. Yep. The next UFC fight night, they just announced it's going to be three hours, so that must mean UFC is very confident about their lineups coming on pay-per-view because this show is stacked, and then with three hours, they're going to feature all the fights. So um, it's amazing to me they're not saving some of these fights for pay-per-view. What are you thinking about this April 2nd fight night? I think it looks fantastic, man. We were, we were talking about this last night, and i got to be honest with you, between the pay-per-view coming up Saturday with the, I mean, you know, we talked about it, we alluded to it earlier, with the great-name fighters that are on the undercard that are not scheduled to be seen on TV, and then the three-hour fight night that's coming up with some, you know, again, great fights, great fighters. Um, it, it's pretty incredible. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm surprised they're giving that much away at that point. But, again, they've got a roster now that there's so many guys. And, you know, bottom line, these, these guys got to work every so often. You can't keep pushing them off. And they're just coming up to a glut right now where a lot of guys are due to work. And, you know, these are not guys that have guaranteed contracts for the most part. A lot of the, you know, yeah, the biggies do. But a lot of these cats, you know, they want to make money. they got to be working. So you, you can only put them off so long. So, yeah, they got a couple stacked shows in a row that, you know, say, I'll tell you what, it's going to be good for the UFC in-demand stuff on the website because there's going to be a lot of great fights that probably don't make the air from this pay-per-view. Be taken care of this weekend. That's what, all I'm saying. What's that? <laughs> the, you're right about the, the in-demand on UFC.com. I mean, that there's going to be some fights, and they're going to make some pretty good money on that too. Oh, I agree. I agree. You know, I, I said last night, I, I hope to God we got some, some quick knockouts on the main fights so we can get some of these undercard fights on. Yeah, no doubt. What do you, think you, know, you know what I'm looking forward to seeing? I am looking forward to seeing the return of Evan Tanner. I love Evan Tanner. Now, granted, he's getting old, and he goes on these two-year sabbaticals and shit. <laughs> you know, Evan Tanner, I tell you what, he's another one. We, we, we always talk about Clay Guida and how Guida's fights are always exciting, win or lose, it doesn't matter, action-packed. I've always looked at Evan Tanner as the same. I have not seen too many boring Evan Tanner fights. He has got good action in his fights, win, lose, or draw. So be curious to see, because I think Evan's like 38 now. Yeah, he's getting up there. Close to that, yeah. But I'll be I'll be curious to see how his fight goes because he's been away for a couple years, and uh, you know he just took off and he rode his bike and did his thing. He's like he's like a you know MMA deadhead pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Does does anyone have any insight about what UFC is trying to do with WBC? Because every time WBC runs a show, they're always run opposed on Spike because UFC will throw together a best of and put it on. And then it seems not the, the near future that any of the WEC guys are going to be featured or any of the pay-per-views. So what is the point of WEC? I know that they ultimately want to establish a strong secondary brand. Um, I, I don't have a good explanation for you on the timing of the, the fact that when they run on versus they run something opposed, other than the fact that obviously, you know, Spike has got a lot of money invested in UFC and their programming. And, you know, you gotta, you got to think that that's more of a Spike decision. And contrary to popular opinion, they are autonomous. Spike makes their own decisions. And, you know, you got to think that when there's a fight on Versus, which is a competitive network to Spike TV, uh, that just may be Spike saying, hey, you know what? Dude, we pay a lot of money to be the big dog in MMA programming on free TV. 
um, yeah, we're not going to let that go and just give the night away. We're going to put some UFC stuff together and see if we can combat this. That could be a spike thing. That could be. I, I mean, I'm, 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 I would like to see in particular, um, I can't think of the same one. I'm trying to, the 145-pound champion. Um, Faber. Faber. My God. Faber. Faber. You're right. Faber's a badass, dude. Yeah. And he looks like Kevin Von Erich. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Dude looks a lot like Kevin Von Erich. I'm waiting for him to put, put Faber on a pay-per-view. Uh, I would be all in favor of it. He when, when is his fight with Pulver? He's got that fight with Pulver coming up. A- April, I think. Yeah, I think. And I, and I like Jens. Jens is fun. And Jens is a good fighter in his own right, but I, I think Faber's going to eat his lunch. Yeah, I have to agree. <laughs> yeah, Faber's a badass, dude. He just like flips a switch, and it's like, okay, you're gonna get the shit kicked out of you now. Have fun. <laughs> but uh, it should be good stuff, man. MMA is great, bro. I, I don't know about you know you guys. You know, I don't know if you guys have done wrestling and MMA talk from the get go with your show. You know, our, ours was a conversion, man. We were strictly a wrestling show for a long, long time, and we really, you know, we started bringing the MMA element in a few years ago. To the point now where we definitely bill ourselves as a combo wrestling MMA show, I still think we talk more wrestling than MMA uh, by, a, by a pretty decent margin, to be honest with you. But, boy, I'll tell you what, it, it has been, there's a lot of positive to it, but, boy, you got some wrestling fans. Uh, at the very least, they're a big vocal minority. That just, that just flat pisses them off. I got a question for you. If MMA would have started in the 70s and then you broke in in the 80s, what what would you be today? Would you be an MMA fighter? Or would you be a mm, I don't know, man. I I love I love MMA, and I mean I'll be honest with you. I have toyed. If I was three years younger, I think I would seriously think about training to fight. Because um, you, you know you know what my best attribute is is I can take punishment. You know I'm 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 good. I'm good with holding reversal. I'm good with I'm decent with submissions that kind of stuff. I mean I, I've got a I've got a real strong wrestling background. Um, you know jujitsu fascinates me. I would probably spend a lot of time with it. Muay Thai I think is just badass. Um, I oh, man I would love I would love to have got an opportunity to fight MMA. But you know like you're saying it kind of kind of came along a little too late for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah I, I I think it's just uber cool. I I, I love it. Um, I, I would love to do it. You know, Dickerman. Dickerman trains jiu-jitsu. And uh, he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty damn good. Now, granted, he doesn't, you know, he's not a striker, and he doesn't have great wrestling skills, but he's he's gotten pretty adept with the jiu-jitsu. He's been training at one of the Gracie dojos for a while. All right. Well, Vito, I'm going to have to cut you off. We're running down on time. Gotcha. Um, let's see. Would it be myspace.com backslash Vito? Denucci? Yes, I, that's the MySpace site. You've got it. By all means, please, anybody that's you know wrestling fan, MMA fans, Rubber Guard fans, BTR fans, man, hit me up. Give me a friend invite. I'm always looking to meet new people out there. Uh, you know, go to betweenropes.com. Check out the new site. It's looking doing real good. Thanks to all the subscribers. Check out the show. Continue to support Rubber Guard Radio. It's badass. <laughs> Thanks, Vito. Good stuff, boys. Always enjoy coming on with you guys. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, we need to set up a roundtable with you on it because I definitely uh, you're an awesome guest, and I, I'd love to you know have you in a roundtable format with more guests. Guys, anytime, anytime. Like I said before, you give me a few days heads up, and you know, long as uh, long as I'm around, I would love I love doing it. You guys are a blast to talk to. Awesome, awesome. thank you, thank so you much. for your time, Vito. 
And I will be getting back to you very soon about getting on the air, brother. And congratulations on the launch of your new site. Appreciate that, man. Beautiful. Good deal, guys. I really appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll be talking with you guys very soon. I'll be in touch. And uh, hey, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm sure we'll definitely talk beforehand. But I'm hoping to uh, we get to hang in Vegas. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be good stuff, that'd fellas. Awesome. All right, man. You guys have a good night. All right, brother. Take care now. Late. All right, Alex. We survived another show. <laughs> it's easy to survive, but it's it's harder to put on a good show. And I think it was a good quality show. A lot yeah, of MMA fun. talk, but uh, it was a good show. All right, well, I'm going to cut you off. I will uh, be talking to you soon. I'll run down the plugs. Okay. All right, brother. It's uh, myspace.com backslash cmsaint. That's Alex Saint's personal MySpace. My MySpace. Rubber Guard Radio. Don't forget, rubberguardradio.com is our website. Our sponsors, fogcitywrestling.com and wrestlewarehouse.com. We'll be talking to you next Tuesday.